Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will smart food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Three stakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. This is Fly Purbly with Steve Jacot and Craig Forsyth. Hello, folks. Steve and Craig here recording from the most important place in the world, Southeast Pennsylvania, Philadelphia, PA, and Bucks County. Craig, are you in Bucks County, I believe? Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, turning out to be pretty important right now, uh, which I'll be honest with you, I, I never thought I'd see the day, but here, but here we are. Yeah, it's a lot of people focused, Bucks County, a uh, little Delco, um, things of that nature, you know, southeast of Pennsylvania. Yeah. Delco, Matco, uh... <laughs> Chesco, Bucks, and good old Philly. It's it is It has good been an Philly. unbelievable week. Just with the the highs and lows, this roller coaster ride of an election, the fact that it's still going on two days later because most U.S. presidential elections are handled within a day or two. Uh, but yeah. this one has it is going the distance right now. It is it's the the Phil's 2008 World Series of elections right now. Like it's delayed a couple days. <laughs> That's a pretty good. That is a pretty good analogy though, because I remember yeah, that was a long ass time to. Uh watch that game five and it felt like it was never going to come and uh here we are we're it's, in the same situation but it's so crazy yeah politically a little <laughs> the stakes are a little bit different but it's a little it, bit it is just so weird to have the spotlight so firmly on philly the major news networks just constantly talking about philly and the areas around philly and it's just surreal at times but yeah the state of Pennsylvania, which has just been slowly ticking back to a competitive race over the course of days now, it's it's really all coming down to the the votes cast in the Philadelphia area. And Man. I'm just going to tell you folks right now, you're going to, if you are a, a right-leaning, if you're a Trump supporter or anything, you're going to want to stop listening right now and just skip <laughs> this episode. But I also don't give a shit at this point because I think I badmouthed Trump I, enough on this that, yeah. like, if my feelings are not known and my, my personal Twitter, the Esteban Twitter, has just been election shit all week. So if it is not known that I despise Donald Trump and want that fat turd to flush down the toilet as quickly as possible, then I guess I just haven't been good, doing a good enough job of letting everybody know that of communicating that fact 
Yeah. And I mean, uh, I haven't been, I guess, as outspoken, but I think I've made my views pretty clear uh, which way I'm leaning. And if, uh, yeah, I mean, this is, tell you what, I, we feel pretty good right now. I don't know. It looks pretty good. It looks pretty good for one side. And uh, it's kind of, again, it's a little funny that you, ca you can't really say bad things happen in Philly and then uh, not expect something pretty bad for you to happen, you know, based around Philly. Like, you can't, just the the karma coming back around on, on Trump like that would be, I mean, it would be chef's kiss, if we're being honest. Like, that would be a pretty pretty big kick in the nuts if he yeah. called out Philly during a debate and then it ends up being the one that slams the door on his presidency. That'd be... It's kind of funny. I just all just ironically just pretty funny. Just you know that's that just, uh... gas bag. That just <laughs> piece of garbage. He comes out and badmouths this city every chance he gets, and he goes, "What? What they? Why don't they like me? Why don't they vote for me? I don't understand." Yeah. You know, you can't call a place a cesspool and then ask why don't they like me. You just awful, uh, yeah. awful garbage human. But it's. I feel great about it right now. I mean, obviously nothing is finished. A lot can change and there's a lot contested right now, but I just have to say how proud I am of this city for showing up like they have for the election and also showing yeah. up to protect the fact that here's the big thing. I mean, you know, whatever you will about Trump and politics left and right and everything. The big thing is in an American election, every vote counts and the Trump administration is getting out there right now and trying to dispute that every vote counts. They want yeah. certain votes to count that go their way. And the people of Philadelphia getting out there in force and counter protesting these Trump protesters who were saying, stop the vote. We want Trump to win, blah, blah, blah. Like the people who are getting out there and letting it be known that every vote counts partying the entire day by the convention center <laughs> just a tremendous tremendous sight i mean there are so many great maniacs in this city this is one of the craziest really, cities yeah. in the united states if not the entire world just weird shit happens in philly constantly and it was a party there was a dj the entire day people have been out there dancing out there, yeah. philly elmo who is every time something <laughs> weird in philly happens He's philly there. elmo shows yeah i've seen him at, he was outside my house one time the entire philly elmo <laughs> parade went down my small side street in south philly the one day i, I watched it on the ring doorbell cracking up oh that's amazing and it really like, is philly just elmo uh Center. like yeah it really really is just like one of the better i think it was barry patechke that like tweeted that out it's like it's one of the better weird cities in america but it really doesn't get the love for that sometimes i don't know no like but everybody thinks is, about uh, portland because they have keep portland weird right there but yeah i, I don't also, know i've but, been to yeah. portland it i don't think it had anything on philly as far as weirdness i mean goes. i i i mean there's dancing mailboxes and like judicial branches <laughs> in the city right now. like it's just a yeah it's just i don't know it's it's a pretty uh it's a pretty crazy site right now like it is just it's pretty funny to watch and i just uh i i can't believe like it's kind of breaking down like this if uh just again just the whole fact it comes down to philly it's just cracking me up like after after he called it out during a debate in front of everybody and then everybody got this you got the the yucks in on philly and now they're gonna be it looks like they're gonna be delivering the final blow which is just you can't really write it better than that you cannot if you, if you want them out it's just funny yeah it's just great I just I, I all this coverage on Philly it, it's just surreal at times but I'm 
a proud Philadelphia resident, a proud Pennsylvanian right now. I mean, this state is insane, but Philly mm -hmm. out crazies the rest of it by oh, miles. Yeah. Good amount. Yeah, very good amount. And honestly, I, I love how weird it is. So I, I think it's it's just a fun city to be around and to just be caught up in a lot of the time. So, I mean, I'm never, of course, I'm never going to be. Again, this is a night, like, it feels like this week, Philadelphia, again, is going to be taking down some fake-ass Patriots like they did in Super Bowl 52. And that's what it felt like, uh, like, the reaction to Super Bowl 52 was pretty, I mean, I still think about that and how the city reacted, too. And that was, like, the most amount of people I've seen in one setting. And just not, things got crazy, but it wasn't, like, I don't know. It wasn't violent at all. It was just a bunch of people but happy like, and drunk. Somebody ate, somebody ate horse shit. And somebody uh, ate horse shit. They were climbing up the, the light poles and everything. And there was a bunch of people getting on newsstands and like, yo, I'm like, you know, big dick Nick and everything. But nothing. I was actually, uh, I was going through my pictures from the Minnesota experience, uh, the, the oh NFC God, championship yeah. and the Super Bowl afterwards. Cause I went to Broad Street for both of them. Uh, as many listeners in the show might know, and, and some more recent listeners might not know this, after the NFC Championship game, I actually got hit with a firework in the leg. Oh, yeah. That's I right. still have a mark. I still have a mark from it. It's still, God, like, still? black. Like, I guess my leg scorched oh, forever from the fucking... That's it doesn't insane. hurt, but it's still there. But And I, I, I constantly consider getting, like, a Philly special tattoo around it. I just need to pull the trigger on that one of these days. Oh, you absolutely should. But, like... Yeah. I get, yeah, like, so after the, so I live in deep South Philly and after the NFC championship game, we rushed to Broad Street and we're partying. It's a great time. And then, uh, we, the, the, this bus that may or may not have contained the Vikings came down. We all assumed it contained the Vikings. <laughs> People started pelting it with beer cans. What a sight to see my God. But it, and you know, we're already chanting fuck Tom Brady before, <laughs> Like, play, yeah. like 10 minutes in it's just like yeah let's start calling out tom brady let's do it but it's it was a crazy scene and while we're wrapping it up i was just standing there with my friends and all of a sudden i felt like a weird sensation on my leg and i was like wow ah, what's that and uh i went down there's like this white mark on my pants and then i roll up the pant leg and uh I'm missing a couple layers of flesh oh man yeah, yeah. i remember you told me that that's well, a pretty uh i start looking around story. i'm like what happened and these uh these two guys or these like this group of like you know fat south philly italian guys are like <laughs> <laughs> yeah we saw the whole thing i'm like well why didn't you say anything you screamed <laughs> and they're like you screamed like a girl <laughs> fuck off oh my god Jesus. but then but then the Super Bowl, nothing like that, thankfully, happened. Rushed Broad Street, walked all the way up to City Hall and back. I had a, a, a liter of Dr. Pepper that I filled with rum and Dr. Pepper. Yeah. Sharing yeah, with random yeah. people, which sounds incomprehensible right now. Like, inconceivable <laughs> right now to just be sharing my drink with random people on the street. But, you know, yeah. I, I did it at the time. And uh, I, I was just looking through my photos, though. Like, there was the guy with the suit of armor that I took a picture next to, a full suit of armor and a Fletcher Cox jersey. Of course. Yeah. Um, there were the garbage trucks that were lined up to blockade people on the on the street. They lined them up in Broad Street. And people decided, let's climb the garbage trucks and just take pictures <laughs> on top of them and hang out, which is something that happened. Great pictures. Uh, people climbing on the roof of the public library and all that shit. It's just, it, it, that was sublime chaos right there i will say i regret i was there for the super bowl one the minnesota one it feels like there was more 
I think because that game was in the fucking bag at halftime. Like, people were like, all right, how are we going to get super weird now? And, like, there was a fucking four-wheeler. And, like, there was so many, there was so many like, vines and gifts of just crazy-ass shit that happened that night. Where I feel like the city was shit. Like, the Super Bowl felt like, all right, we're prepared now to go nuts in, like, some kind of casual order. But, like, that Vikings, like, 38-7 win was just... Some of the videos that came out from that shit were, were nuts. Yeah. <laughs> and it was just great. And it still cracks me up, like, now thinking about it. This but, shit, uh, when this Philly goes is, hard, yeah. It, it's nuts. When Philly goes hard, nobody touches us of going hard. No, no, not at all. And Grease those poles. Oh, yeah, I, you got to do it tonight. Cause... I, I wish I, I had an excuse to go out and party. But, but then again, who knows, you know, what's going to happen as far as people counteracting. Because oh, yeah. there are going to be a lot of very angry people tonight. And I, I fully I think, recognize yeah. that. But I also say fuck them because I don't care right now because I've had enough of this. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, I think, yeah. Just colossal That's... shithead. I'm just worried about yeah the end of it because I think there's going to be some kind of violence one way or another. So I'm not looking forward to that. But uh, yeah, I pretty much agree with you. I mean, at the at the same time, hopefully the end of him means uh, a little less in that action. Uh, you know, the the violence I guess between everybody. But we'll see. We'll find out. I, I think it will. And uh, yeah, it's yeah, looking pretty well, good right now. While we've been paying a lot of attention to the election, obviously, I've been oh, pretty oh, much yeah. watching it day and night. One person who has not been paying attention to the election, apparently, is Yakov Voracek. Jake Voracek, Jake the Snake, <laughs> who doesn't score goals because snakes don't have arms. He tweeted earlier today, been off for a few days, who won the election? Now, either Jake is just completely clueless, or I think, he's, I, think, I think he's just fishing for... He's either trolling people or he's fishing for blocks. He's looking for some fresh people to block because if there's one thing we know on Flyperbole, it's that Jake Voracek loves doing one thing on Twitter, and that's blocking fools. That's blocking... And it's not just fools. He blocks everybody. I mean, I can't believe I haven't been blocked, but I try not to... You know, I try to steer clear because I am just so amused by uh, the weird shit that Jake Voracek will put out there on Twitter. So it's actually usually just blunt, but this clearly yeah. just seems like he's fishing for, for some kind of reaction. Yeah. I wish he would have waited until like next week or two weeks from now. And then he would have looked like the Jerry Leto of like election results. He would have been like coming in real late and be like, Oh, there was an election. That's crazy. Who won by the way? And then just piss everybody off that way. It's definitely gotta be, be him fucking around. I feel like that's Jake just fucking around. What is? We'll see that. COVID-19, Jared Leto said while emerging <laughs> from his cave. I mean, at least he questioned it and didn't just flat out, I don't know, deny it like certain New York Rangers defensemen. Oh, boy. And, uh, yeah, by the way, since we're, we're doing that real quick, I will touch on that. Um, you know, a friend of the show, uh, Tony Angelo, uh, hasn't earned the D back in his name because he hasn't been playing defense. However, oh, this point in time, uh, he is Tony D'Angelo again because he has deactivated his Twitter account. I don't know if that's because he uh, got his, got his feelings hurt by like some tweets or whatever at the ranchers. Like, okay, you can stop doing the whole COVID's a hoax thing. But either way, uh, our guy is not on Twitter, and uh, it's a real shame. So I haven't really enjoyed the site since. He's very insightful. Uh, always gives good opinions. Has great facts about things. Uh, I'm sure he's having a great time his... with this election right now. He's probably he's absolutely fine. He's actually laughing if you ask him, and also. He's not still thinking about that time Wayne Simmons broke his hand on his face years ago. But he's not thinking about that at all. So don't worry about that. Tony Angelo, Tony D'Angelo this week is fine. So uh, Tony when he gets back on Twitter, we'll find D's out. D's nuts, Angelo. Boom. Roasted. Got him. Boom. Yeah. Roasted. And uh, 
I did enjoy that once his Twitter account went down, Hockey Fight's Twitter account did repost the fight of Simmons breaking his hand on Tony D'Angelo's <laughs> face. So I appreciate I appreciate that timing of this party to me. And that's all, whenever he goes on about God knows what, that's all I think about is just Wayne Simmons uh, delivering the hand of God straight to his dome. So, uh, yeah, that's that's all you got to think about. Tony D'Angelo still struggling with defense, uh, you know, on and off the ice. And, uh, I mean, Steve, do we... Do we dare start talking about hockey now? I mean, we got a couple. Hockey I think I've to transitioned about. us into hockey okay, territory. Good. I think we're we're back we in hockey country from. Yeah. Even though we're in the fly purpley war room tonight, I to put this in perspective, <laughs> gang. Craig and I always put sports on in the background whenever possible for recording this. Mm-hmm. I'll throw a movie on if there's not sports or something, but there is an NFL football game going on, even though there probably shouldn't be because. I think there were COVID-19 infections of the 49ers earlier this week, but yeah, who, who the cares, NFL right? really I, does not, yeah. does not give a shit about COVID. Even they, shit. Yeah. they pretend to, they do not actually give a shit about it. They just want them no. sweet, sweet ratings, but that's neither here nor there. Let's talk about hockey. I will. Okay. And I will say, but anyway, we have, we have CNN on in the background. I was going to say, I have CNN on to try and that's, you know, I figure that to be, the equal and balanced channel so everybody calm the fuck yeah, out but also there is, there is a small chance i don't think it's going to happen but there is a small chance that we could announce the winner of the presidential that election will be something. during flight Burberry. that would go above us being live when miles garrett nearly killed mason rudolph uh, last year i think that would go right above that in terms of live events that would be my guess. but i also want to say since we i'll tell you like, if it happens gonna... if it happens i'm doing a shot at bourbon steve is coming out if it happens <laughs> that's fine i got some whiskey or yeah i got some whiskey on the shelf here i haven't touched i'll 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 do that for that but i well uh since this is the only time we're ever gonna talk about watching cnn on this podcast wolf blitzer why did his parents not make him a linebacker that is the greatest football name in the history of existence true facts wolf blitzer and it's just never Never happened. Anyway, we got some updates on the 2020-21 season coming up here, folks. And uh, that's a hard pivot. There's no segue for that. Uh, it doesn't matter. These, yeah, <laughs> these updates come from uh, Greg, Wyshyn- Greg Wyshynski, our friend over at ESPN, even though I can't say his name. And also I have some from Michael Russo over at The Athletic. So I was going to run through them real quick. Uh, nothing earth-shattering here. Uh, pretty much the same stuff I've been hearing, but it is the latest stuff. And we are a hockey podcast. So Wyshynski talked to Dr. Isaac Bogach, uh, Steve, I think I'm saying that right, uh, who is an infectious disease physician and scientist with the Toronto General Hospital Research Institute. Um, and when asked about a 2020-21 NHL season happening, he said, quote, it's high. In addition to that, we have now, there's a lot of positive changes that are likely to happen between now and the end of a hockey season. I think we're in good shape. We all assume there would be a 2020-21 season, but this guy is probably smarter than a lot of us. So it's nice to hear him say that. Um, he also emphasized how the role of diagnostic testing and frequent screening remain, remains vital. And that's also something that we knew was going to happen for this upcoming season, no matter what, uh, especially if they do, the NHL does stay in the bubbles the whole season, which hopefully it sounds like, uh, based off of this article and Russo's that their approach is going to be, they know they're going to have to start with bubbles and they're hoping the vaccine comes some point in the season and then they can kind of integrate fans and home arenas back into the picture later in the season when there is a um a, a vaccine out there and um Bogatar also stated that he quite frankly doesn't see the border restrictions changing anytime soon in the near future so with that in mind we've been talking a while about the canadian division 
in three American hub cities. Um, and during that time, uh, with the players going between some of the bubbles in America, it sounds, uh, Bogosh likens it to phase three of the return to play phase that we just experienced, which was uh, teams starting the game full capacity at practices and players allowed to go to the rings and go home. And it really became a lot of the trust became on the players just making sure they were socially distancing and not uh, increasing how likely it was they were going to catch the disease. Um, and that was the big thing. If you remember me bitching over the summer, that was the thing I was most worried about because the bubble sounds great. But if you're bringing in a bunch of people that have the disease and then they're just going to spread the people in the bubble, then what did you accomplish? And it sounds like they might be trying to roll the dice on that situation a little bit here when they have the different bubbles, but it won't be as as risky because there's only going to be four different locations and not a whole uh, a whole different thing. Um, Bogosh did say that fans should be back in arena for the 2020-21 season. Um, and again, he didn't want to really say anything pre-COVID uh, vaccine. But uh, he said once it was seen, when vaccines are rolled out, uh, quote, I think that it's a no-brainer. The vaccines are successful in preventing people from getting sick or are successful in mitigating the severity of the illness and life is sliding towards a return to normalcy. Yeah, that's a great opportunity to start scaling back fans in the stands. I don't think that's outlandish. I think that's going to happen in 2021. It's probably going to happen at some point throughout the season. Um, and then he also went on to say that going to a game in 2021 is ultimately a personal choice. Um, and also says that it would have to be put in place for this, uh, allow it have to be put in place for a season to happen, but believes it's possible. And again, as I was saying, and I think Steve, you agree with me when the NHL actually pulled off the bubbles, I didn't expect them to do it. I didn't think them to have, I didn't believe they're going to have a constructive way to actually get everybody out there, avoid the outbreaks that like we've seen in the NFL and MLB in terms of like limiting games and practices and switching up schedules and everything. Um, I didn't think it was going to happen at all, and they needed to pull a lot of strings to make it work, and it worked. So I believe the NHL can do it again. I just, like, you know, it's going to, I don't, I have no idea when it's going to start, and I really don't know what the logistics are going to be for the entire season, all 31 teams, and then a bunch of different bubbles, either than, rather than two at first and then one uh, at the end. So with, and we oh, don't even know it, what the COVID situation is going to be like by that right. time because, I mean, right we're now in it's... We're in winter. Right now it's I bad. mean, we're going to be in winter, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's it, gotten... It's it, terrible. We just had a, a record day in the U.S., right? Went over 100,000 infections in a day. Yeah, don't tell don't tell Tony, by the way, about that. So, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's all fake yeah, news it's not, to Tony. People stop counting this on election days. Yeah. The political episode, but this is... <laughs> oh, right. but, I mean, look. COVID-19 obviously is a big friggin' deal because that's why we had to stop going to Flyers games in March, right? Because yep, yep. there was a, a pandemic out there and the pandemic is dictating how this next season is going to be played. And that's just a fact. And here we are. But yeah. we don't know what the COVID situation is going to be like, especially if it ends up being February 1st instead of January. January, I would imagine you couldn't have any fans for at least a month. February, who knows yeah. if it's a little more under control. I doubt it. I sincerely doubt it. But I, yeah. it could be better. And I wonder if you're going to have to... I don't know what the NFL situation is like for for people who get tickets. But I wonder if you're going to have to sign a waiver or something like that if you're going in. Because teams legally don't want to be known as, as super spreaders. They don't want to be known as super spreader events. They don't want to be... Right. What was the, the Smash Mouth concert that uh, Sturgis, the Sturgis Motorcycle Rally? Oh my just, god, yeah. You, you don't want to do that. Yeah. yeah. 
Not yeah, at all. That, that was just a, a catastrophe for COVID-19. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And you don't want to be known as the team that does that. And also just you want to think, I know it's a personal responsibility thing for people, but at the same time, you don't want to be responsible for people spreading this virus. No. Uh, yeah, exactly. Not at all. And I don't, I, I agree with you. I don't see it really happening in February either. Because I, I, I assume the, the winter months when it's colder are going to, before there's a vaccine, this shit's going to get absolutely terrible. Like we, we're not lucky at all with the way this, uh, like COVID broke out, but March was, it was kind of starting to get warm again. So, you know, going into the warm months, I think that would kind of help limit the spread. But like, I, we're just waiting on the vaccine now. Like the next couple of months are going to be, I think are going to be pretty rough. And who knows when the vaccine is going to come out, frankly. Exactly. And, well, yeah, and so not like, only come out, but also have enough distributed that a mass yeah. number of people can get it. Because, you know, the rich people, the rich and the powerful are going to get it first. That's just, again, a fact of life. That's, that's, that's how, how these things go. And I'm sure the teams will get it, you know, well before the fans. But it's... You have to, I don't know. I I think the teams would be very smart if every team handed out masks at the door. Masks are going to have to be mandatory, especially because it's indoors. You know, I I think it's mandatory at the NFL games that people have been attending, but people get a little fast and loose with wearing them because it's outdoors. And you can get away with that outdoors. But in an indoor setting, this is just a recipe for catastrophe, a recipe for disaster. So, yeah, I think every NHL team should be printing up masks handing them out the door for every fan and say, you have to wear this the entire game to get inside. Here you go. That is a very good point that you're talking about. And that was something else from the Wyshynski article with uh, Bogach was uh, Bogach was saying like, you can't, there's going to be a lot of like, I forget what the term was. It was like uh highlightable hygiene or like stuff that the league or teams are going to kind of try and do to kind of be like, Oh, there's no COVID here. And then like, do activities or preventative measures that really aren't focusing on taking away the chances of people catching COVID. Like they're like, like when they're like, Oh, we've wiped down the locker room and we've hand washed every inch of the arena to make sure that you won't catch COVID through like touching any part of the arena. And then they don't apply like, or they don't uh, instill like social distancing or people wearing masks or like things like that. They'll still have like people, groups of fans together, but they need to focus more on the, uh, the masks, social distancing, and limiting like crowd size, so you're not forced into tight areas with a lot of people. Like that's the thing they're going to focus on. It's not going to be like all the theatrics of like, oh well, we brought in all these cleaning crews and they wiped down the locker rooms and all the seats near the ice, and you're fine. And, Look like, at this ultraviolet light that's going to kill all the germs on you. Exactly. Yeah, they got to focus more on actually. So like that's going to be, it's going to be a whole thing too. It is going to be dicey again. And honestly, like the players are pushing back on the idea of bubbles, so like that's going to be. That's a whole other issue they have to iron out or figure out once the season gets going because they already threw that at them for this summer. And the way the league kind of parlayed that into completing the season was speeding up their like finishing the CBA like negotiation. So they don't have that. They don't have that option this year. Like they, they might have to figure out another way to get like trick the players into going to the bubble nonstop. And uh, we might be waiting on the end of that. So it could be. I know they want to get. 2021 22 on a normal timeline but again the start of that season might even be pushed a little bit back if they can't figure out the stuff with the bubble if there's not a vaccine and then you have to go from there but anyway assuming the season does start either early january or early february uh michael russo uh, covers a while for the athletic and also obviously does a lot for the league or covers a lot of the league uh he 
point out a lot of things today, or like what he's been hearing as of late. Uh, and he threw out 48 to 60 game schedule is a good wager, which sounds about right. And we, I think we pointed out like last week, a couple weeks ago, that the 2013 season was a 48 game schedule that started in the middle of January and in late June. So it's very, that's very feasible. And if they wanted to just, you know, we've had to go through lockout shortened seasons before. So why not go through an actual uh, shortened season that had a legitimate reason for it? So yeah, I'm fine with that. Um, also points out that if things stay the way they did with COVID, the idea of four different hubs is likely, and the idea that season transforms into playing individual arenas once things start trending towards normalcy will also happen. So what Wyshynski is also hearing. Um, and then I wanted to talk about these. Uh, he threw out some possible uh, divisions if they go, like what they've been talking about right now. And the Flyers division sounds like a bitch, but... To knock it out, the <laughs> Canadian, it does. Canadian division is I mean, Toronto. this is kind of what we were discussing. We were just spitballing it. Like, it just sounded like it was going to go poorly for the, the Flyers, no matter what. Yeah. And, like, so Canadian division, Toronto, Montreal, Ottawa, Winnipeg, Calgary, Vancouver, and Edmonton. Uh, in case you didn't know, they're all in Canada. And then the Flyers wow. division, uh, which you'd be able to New Atlantic or Metro. Flyers, uh, Devils, Islanders, Rangers, Penguins, Caps, Bruins, Sabers. So trade out the Hurricanes and the Blue Jackets for the Bruins and Sabers. I don't like that. I want the I want the Hurricanes and Sabers. Like I want the Hurricanes and Blue Jackets. Sabers suck. I think they're going to be a little bit better this year because I think Hall and Eichel are going to be fine. But like, right, but they're still the, the Sabers. The Bruins. Yeah, they're still the Sabers. The also, Bruins is know, just oh come on, I, that's just brutal, they're really man. annoying. But also, I don't know. Chara and Krugler's Bruins? Question mark. I don't know. A pissed off Rask who doesn't want to play his final year of his contract because everybody's bitching <laughs> about him leaving the bubble to see his kid. I don't know. But Maybe Craig, they're going to be. They still have the perfection line. Oh, perfection. Baby. And it's a line. Yeah, that is true. That line would just terrorize. That line, I just want to keep that entire line out of the division. So uh, the new central division and the, the two divisions out west are hilarious to me. Uh, Carolina Hurricanes, Chicago Blackhawks, Blue Jackets, Red Wings, Panthers, Predators, Blues, lightning. By the way, that's that division was labeled the central Give division. Get the lightning, so the that's fucking a... division now. Like, why, why even play the games? <laughs> that is actually looking at those teams. That's kind of true. There's I really formally nobody... petition the Flyers to be in the central division. Yeah, I mean, like, I would say the Hurricanes are up there. I think the blue, like the Blue Jackets, would be a playoff team, but they're really they're still not like knocking the doors off. Anybody. Honestly, this is like this is a prime opportunity for the Hurricanes to finally make some headway in the division. Yeah, yeah, it would be. Yeah, uh, and then what's the the Pacific Division? Kind of doesn't look that drastically different. Uh, Ducks, Coyotes, Abs, Stars, Kings, Wild, uh, Sharks, and Golden Knights. By the way, yes, that's the Wild, not the Central Division, because you got to fit Tampa Bay and Carolina in there. So, but that's is the that's Pacific Division, and that feels like uh, you may as well just line up uh, the Golden Knights and Abs right away to see what's what's going to happen there. So. Uh, Russo also went on for possible schedule quirks. He said, uh, quote, one way to make this work that players to some extent they travel throughout an 82 game schedule anyway is to create a week or two week long road trips to the hub. The league could have four to six teams at a time in the hub, then perhaps every week rotate a team or two in and out. Those teams will return to their home markets to practice inside the hub. There could be two games a day. The idle teams on a given day would practice and teams would play four games a week. So, it's not like it's going to be any easier. <laughs> like they're still going to have to figure out all this stuff with actually getting 
teams in and out of the bubble and making sure there's not going to be a lot of people around just around each other and it's not you're not working with the same number of teams at all like you're just increasing the number of teams involved and it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how it works so they're going to have to do that kind of shuffling when they actually figure out the hub situations and then uh since we're speaking about hubs he threw out uh russo threw out a couple of possible hub locations and uh for canada it, toronto and edmonton make pretty good sense they were the two main country, uh, cities that uh were being uh, thrown around a lot back in uh june and july when they were talking about hub city locations um so those are probably going to be some of the cities mentioned for canada uh he also mentioned buffalo as a front runner uh for an american hub city also adds in columbus anaheim la las vegas arizona dallas tampa minnesota pittsburgh and chicago as other possible hub cities why not us what did we ever do come on yeah, yeah, well, you know. Oh, maybe, maybe all the stuff we mentioned at the beginning of the show, but beyond that. <laughs> beyond that. But also, scared of Philly, Elmo, and Gritty, that's all. Yeah, also, again, I didn't even look up, and you said it earlier, I mean, the COVID numbers are getting worse by, like, the day. Like, worse by the hour. So I literally have no idea what any of these cities are doing in terms of, like, COVID numbers right now. And again, kind of a lot of other stuff going on, so we may not look into that right now. Uh, but, you know, maybe in a couple weeks or whenever when they get start getting close to the season some of these this list gets whittled down maybe we'll figure out what cities are actually going to have a chance to uh to host some hub games and uh see that's what's going on right now when it comes to the league and playing uh, pretty much the big development was just looking at the possible divisions that russo threw out there i mean the rest of it was like yeah we know they're gonna keep up on like the safety protocols we knew the fans were going to start the season in the arena i think we knew the chance uh, or like maybe not how likely or the idea that fans to join the season later in the season uh, once a vaccine comes out that's a little bit new but also we also knew 48 games was like the the, the bar that they were going to clear 48 to 56 is what foley said a couple weeks ago um and then all the divisions in the canadian uh, division but uh that's yeah that's that's uh the big news right now we're waiting on the season to start steve <sighs> I, I'll tell you what, if that's going to be the division, they can wait because that's going to be just brutal. Oh, it's not going to be fun. Yeah, because uh, there are, we'll say Buffalo's bad. Uh, and besides that, uh, the Devils also suck. And then every other team is pretty fucking annoying. Like, I, I mean, the Bruins are pretty damn good. I Rangers, are, Rangers will probably still be bad, too, but they'll be annoying. Rangers, right. They'll be annoying because of the person we've mentioned. And also because they, uh, I mean, they do have good players. They just... They, they were weirdly constructed. Team. Jeff Gordon is just pretty lucky. Their GM is pretty much what it comes down to. Like, he's not he's not really... He's just looking in the, the high-end picks and Panera wants to play in New York. Yeah. That's what's happened in New York. But, like, he hasn't actually built any kind of other... They're still not that great down the center. Uh, well, he did current, a great job in acquiring Capo Caco and uh, Lafreniere. Alexis, yeah, exactly. yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, just yeah. like, just like but, Pittsburgh did such an amazing job in getting... Crosby, Malkin, and Flurry. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, just falling into their laps. Just, you know, top GM work. Yeah. Yeah. And also, they're like behind Sabinajad, they're not really deep down the middle. Their current defensive roster isn't great outside of Adam Fox. They do have a bunch of prospects in the, in the, in the pipeline and everything. And also, it is the Rangers. They're going to be annoying because there's Durkin is going to fucking stand on his head now. Like, they didn't do anything with Lundqvist, so the hockey guys were like, well, what if we gave him this guy now? And I'm not saying he's going to be the next Lundqvist, but he's looking he's looking like another pain in the ass that can carry the Rangers to inexplicable wins on nights when the Flyers outshoot them, I don't know, like 35 to 15 or some shit. So, 
he's going to be annoying. And also, the Penguins are still, they still have Crosby and Malkin. So I'm chalking them up as missing the playoffs, but maybe next year. Uh, and yeah, it's going to be a weird year. So I'm going to say the Penguins right now, while this is going on, they're going to miss the playoffs. And then also the Caps are still going to be the Caps. They may not be a cup contender. I don't know if they would be, but they're still going to be pretty goddamn hard to play against. So yeah, this division can wait. We can wait on the schedule. I can wait a couple months to watch the Flyers uh, go up against these teams on a nightly basis. I think I'm fine with that. Uh, and what might be happening before we see NHL hockey, oh, this is a good segue, Steve, is we might be seeing the 2021 World Junior Championship, which, as we talked about last week, will be taking place, starts uh, on Christmas, and we don't have any more news about uh, games or rosters or anything, but the athletic Scott Wheeler, who is one of the best prospects, writers out, or writers about hockey prospects out there, continually does like prospect pool rankings and really good draft coverage. And um, he got a lot of the stuff I got from Zade Wisdom about his uh, past was a, a article that we wrote back, I think in like February or March. So God knows the stuff. Uh, and he has uh, Cam York and Bobby Brink representing America at the World Junior Ch- uh, Championship. And he also has Emil Andre going for Sweden. So uh, I was looking to, through some of the rosters. I was going to run through them real quick. This The Countries that no Flyers prospects are involved in or that were projected on Wheeler's uh, uh, an article were uh, no Flyers prospects are going to represent Team Canada, Team Finland, or Team Russia. Uh, and like I said, for America, it's going to be Bobby Brink and um, Cam York. Uh, Wheeler has Brink slotted as Team USA's second right winger behind Cole Caulfield, which is a little ironic based on the 2019 draft. And he also has Cam York as the top pair left defenseman. Uh, looking at USA's top six, Brink is going to be on the second line. Uh, their top line is Arthur Kelyev, the Kings prospect, Trevor Zegris, the Ducks prospect, and then Caulfield, the Canadians prospect on the top line. And then, honestly, if this is USA's second line, they, their whole top six is fucking loaded. Uh, Nick Robertson, uh, the guy that tore up the OHL and is with the Leafs, got a little bit of action with the Maple Leafs in the, in the bubble. Alex Turcott for the Kings, uh, and then also Brink on the right wing. So that is... I, I kind of want to watch this World Junior Championship if it goes down because it looks like America's going to be scoring some goals. Um, and then their top pair, uh, along with York, is Henry Thrun, who was a uh, fourth-round pick for the Ducks back in 2019. Uh, and he's going into his second year at Harvard whenever NCAA is starting back up pretty soon. I don't know if – I think Ivy League sports, though. I'm not sure if the hockey is playing this year. I have to check on that. Um, and then for Team Sweden, he said Emil Andre was on there. He is the – Third pair left defenseman. That's where he's being projected by Wheeler. And with him is uh, another 2020 pick, Helga Grounds. I remember writing about him for the uh, 2020 draft, uh, doing a profile on him. He was a guy that I would have liked the Flyers to take as well. So that's a pretty good third pair. Uh, Grounds went 35th overall to the Kings. So the Kings had a pretty good draft. But also looking at Sweden's top four, it is Tobias Bjornfoot, uh, who went 22nd overall in 2019 to the Kings, and he's already played a couple games for the Kings and had 19 points in 44 games for the Ontario Reign in the AHL in 2019-20. Uh, Victor Soderstrom, who the Flyers uh, traded back and gave Arizona the pick to pick Soderstrom, um, who has now has two SHL seasons under his belt. Uh, Philip Broberg, who is a guy that I, I kind of liked in 2019, too. The Flyers were going to lean in the defense again. And uh, he went eighth overall to the Oilers uh, and has five points in 13 games. Just go left to AIK in a second SHL season. And then Albert Johansson, the Red Wings' second-round pick in 2019 in his third SHL season and has six points in 13 games uh, so far with Fargestad 
big K. So again, just a little glimpse of the uh, WJC coming up and uh, look for Bobby Brink, Cam York, and Emil Andre to start playing in those tournaments. And it looks like Cam York and Bobby Brink. It's exciting to get a look at these guys, especially Andre's got a few years on him still, but Brink yeah. and York are guys who are rapidly coming up the pipeline. I think we, mm-hmm. York, we really could be looking at him uh, at a professional level in uh, I mean, probably two years, right? Well, yeah. I mean, this is uh, this would be his uh, second year at uh, Michigan. So he has he can leave after this year. I don't know if he will, but like... Uh, and by, by the way, at a professional level, more... I mean, either the Phantoms like, or the yeah, Flyers. Not necessarily yeah, just right. the Flyers, yeah. I mean, it depends on. Again, we're gonna. It's gonna be kind of hard to. This is a weird time to evaluate how well prospects gonna play during, whatever obstacles are gonna come with this season. But uh, can't York and Brink. I remember last year on USA's roster, they weren't utilized that much. I think York only got limited time on the power play. Like, didn't really get to play that much. Brink uh, had a a couple points early on, and then just kind of like disappeared in terms of ice time. So hopefully Wheeler's right, and we have top six minutes for Brink, and York's on the top pair, which would mean he probably, like, is the he's going to quarterback the power play, and that would be, then we can truly see, like, how well these guys are compared to uh, the peers right now. And, um, yeah, I mean, that would be, it would be pretty nice. It would, Cam York, I don't know if he would, I, I think he would probably finish out his collegiate career, because, again, once he goes to the pros, then he's got to figure out a way to join the Flyers roster. And if if you're looking to be a mobile blue liner and the Flyers top four right now, it's going to be kind of hard to crack it if you're York or Zamula or anybody else in the pipeline. So um, if I'm him, I don't I don't know if there's really a rush to get out of Michigan yet. So may as well just keep doing what you're doing. And also, you don't know if like what's this year is going to lead to in terms of eligibility and everything. So, uh, yeah, I think the thing with York specifically though, when he was drafted, I think a lot of people immediately recognized him as a Shane Gostaspear replacement down the pipeline. And that's, that's probably been accelerated by the fact that ghost just has not been that good his past uh, couple of years. And the the rumors are out there. We all know the rumors at this point that Shane Gostaspear likely is not going to be a Philadelphia flyer. Uh, within the next year or two as well. So that really does line itself up well. Yeah, it does help it out, yeah. But we'll see what happens. It's uh, But it, they're guys to keep an eye on, especially, you know, uh, York and Brink. Uh, they, you know, they're not quite there yet, but they're guys that we're expecting to be there soon. Yeah, those are two of the bigger names in the Flyers prospect pool. And Andre, again, I like Emil Andre. Like, he was a guy that I... The Flyers don't need more puck-moving guys that focus on offense in the pipeline. Like, they already have plenty on the NHL roster, and they already have guys like York and Zamula. But with the value of that pick, I feel like Andre was a pretty good choice where he went in the second round. And I liked him. I remember reading about him. I don't think I read about him before the draft, but I remember reading what I liked, and he... I think he is a guy that should have a chance of being on the roster in a couple of years when it's all said and done. So I don't know what his workload is going to look like for this tournament. Cause again, like I said, like, I don't know if he's going to be getting power play away from any of those top four guys we mentioned. Those are all pretty good defensemen ahead of him. And also Helga grounds too, is a guy that went in the 2020 draft before him. So he, he might be a guy that's going to see those Cam York and Bobby Brink minutes, like what those two saw last year in terms of ice time. Because, again, the World Junior Championship, but their rosters are a little bit bigger. So you have some guys that only play a couple minutes each game. But, like, he – I would expect him to get, like, 
minimal work this year and then hopefully next year is when he gets to do kind of be in the top top four maybe on the top pair and we can really see what he's what he's going to do with that so uh yeah that's the world junior championship and again the thing about that is uh usually i mean those are games on the middle of the day around christmas around new year and um some people might be home. I was going to say, I feel like a lot of people might still be home this year. And I am kind of excited to go through and watch it all. And uh, hopefully, I mean, I should be able to write about it for the website and everything. Kind of give update. I'm sure me and Maddie will be tackling that. So, um, yeah. So, that's the World Junior Championship. And, uh, Steve, you got anything to add there? Or should I just roll on to the other series thing we're talking about tonight? You can just roll on to the other stuff. Because, you know, when it comes to prospects, I know just the basics. <laughs> it's, it's, I mean... I know right their names. Kind of sometimes a... I know their positions. Sometimes I know their skill set. <laughs> That's pretty much it. It is. Yeah, I think. Yeah, it is. I, I gotta. I do like talking about prospects, though, and I think people ask about them. So you know, I like. I like talking about the prospects. This uh, is. I know I, a little bit about the prospects. Yeah. You know what you're talking about with them, so I just let you do your thing. That's fair. Yeah, and I, I might start. Unfortunately, we're getting to that point. Not that point like it's a regular thing, but we're coming up in the point of like the NHL year where, uh, you know, rest of November, December, with the uh, league starting in February and the draft and free agency are pretty much all done. Tell you what, folks, you might be hearing me talking about a lot of prospects coming up. A lot of prospects. I'm letting Steve know this right now on air so he can uh, he can brace himself. So uh, just be ready for all that. But anywho, uh, something that's more exciting than prospects, of course is arbitration hearing. So let's talk about some arbitration hearing, Steve. Uh, there was expected to be two cases coming up this week, and of course, they both got settled beforehand. Uh, we're going to go with uh, Warren Fogle uh, was supposed to have his case on, um, I think he was supposed to have his case today, or yesterday, sorry, on Wednesday. Warren Fogle, uh, of course, Snyder... the, the lead singer of Creedence Clearwater Revival. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, so he, uh, ran through the jungle to sign this deal. He got to, I don't know why I went with that. Oh, run through the jungle. Went up around the bend to sign this deal. Uh, ended up signing a one year deal worth, uh, 2.15 mil with RFA status in 2021. Yeah. His case was supposed to be on Wednesday. And then also the other deal that signed before the arbitration hearing was Ryan Strom. Uh, he's supposed to have his case, uh, today, Thursday, uh, but ended up, Selling beforehand for two years, four point five million a year. By the way, CCR, that's I mean that they get nationally recognized, right? That's not regarded as like Southern, like just a band that people in the South like. Like Everybody if I knows say, CCR except for you know dumbass president who doesn't realize that Fortunate Son is about rich people dodging him more, him but, at know, all. Yeah, yeah. Everybody knows CCR. <laughs> what about Leonard Skinner? That's the other band that. Skinnerd, I think, is more consistently recognized as a Southern beloved band. Uh, that said, Freebird so, is, of course, totally. is a, a universally overplayed I song. I can't stand Freebird anymore. Yeah, I feel, I feel like Skinner. You know, actually, Sweet Home Alabama. Sweet Home Alabama is. Oh wait, sorry. Sweet Home Alabama was what I'm thinking of. Also, Freebird. Freebird's the one that every song, asshole so. yells at a concert to play. Yeah. Like no matter Sweet, what. Yeah is playing like you could be seeing the greatest band of all time and somebody will still yell free bird. Cause they think it's funny. Like, <laughs> yeah, but sweet, sweet home Alabama, Alabama is, I can't, uh, my I God, can't talk about a song that's been overplayed yeah. to death and then resurrected got... and then died again and then resurrected and died again. Yeah. But like, then like once they start getting their deep shit, like, well, not deep shit, but like Saturday night special is good. Uh, that smell is good. Like I ain't the one. I don't know. They have a bunch of jams, but like Tuesday's I'm afraid. Tuesday's gone. 
With yeah, the that's an actual good song. Yeah. Like they have actual good songs, but the radio's just like, you want to do that whole Sweet Home Alabama thing again? I'm it's like, that's all they play. play so the if hits, you ever bring up Leonard Skinner, yeah, everybody's just like, okay, all right. Uh, but yeah, big fan of CCR. I just want to say I like, get that on the podcast. Um, and then the other, uh, because of where we were, I was going to talk about the upcoming cases. Uh, but however, one of the few remaining cases was already signed. That was Ottawa's Christian Jaros, who was scheduled for a case on November 7th, this Saturday. Instead, signed a one-year deal worth 750k with RFA status in 2021. Uh, 24 year, he's a 24-year-old right-hand defenseman. Uh, 2015 fifth-round pick. He had three assists in 13 games last year for the Sens. You're going to be down in those sweet new uh, 2D jerseys. And then uh, the only two cases left. Actually, I'm a fan of the 2D logo. The, the, the oh, no, I'm a big fan. logo is way yeah. better than the slightly turning 3D head, which is oh, I, that was, always struck yeah. me as an absolutely bizarre choice for them. Yeah, no, absolutely. And then also we have that a bonus of we're a, a couple older fucks. So I'm going to have flashbacks to like Radapak and Char and uh, like Rob Ray and that shit. So. Uh, but the only two cases arbitration hearings left are Brendan Lemieux uh, and the Rangers, which is set for Friday, tomorrow. According to Elliot Freeman in the most recent Brendan Lemieux news I could find, which, again, nobody's out there looking for it. Uh, the Rangers are asking for two years at 950K and the second year being 1.05 uh, mil. Lemieux is asking for two million a year. Uh, he had 18.6 goals uh, in 59 games last year, averaging 12.52 a night. Uh, and then the second case is Mackenzie Wigger, which I'm a little interested in because he does have really good underlying numbers and seems to be the only guy on defense uh, for the Panthers, playing defense for the Panthers. Uh, no update on his negotiations. Uh, 26-year-old right-hand defenseman with 18 points last year in 45 games, seven goals, averaging 20.07 a night. And again, you looked at like shot attempts against for 60 and like Corey's poor percentage and all the major underlying stats. It was Wigger that was mainly up there. First, if not first, he was second in most of the main underlying categories. So, like, he is, when I always make those jo jokes about the Rangers, the Blackhawks, and the uh, the Panthers not playing defense, there's a little bit. Adam Fox is the exception in New York, and then also Mackenzie Wigger, I guess, would kind of get a little bit of a, of a pass down in Florida, uh, at least for this season. So, uh, and of course, more times than not, most of these arbitration cases don't actually go to a hearing. The only one so far has been Tyler Pertuzzi who argued with the Red Wings that he should pay paid a lot of money because he played the whole year with the Red Wings. Uh, <laughs> and Detroit wanted 3.15 mil a year. Bertuzzi wanted 4.25 mil. He was awarded one year at 3.5 mil. Uh, so that's uh, that's it, baby. That's it about arbitration hearings. That's it for the real... Actually, one last thing I did want to say. Uh, ESPN, I saw they let go of a bunch of people. Terrible. I know, like, yeah. And I think the biggest name they actually let go is Trey Wingo, which, again... For us old guys, that that hits a little. Oh yeah, uh, no. I I Dre Wingo like used Wingo. to be the face of that network yeah. for a while, or not the face, but he was one of the big names that True pro. had to wake up before school and before their social media, and you want to see what's going on with sports. It was him, Stuart Scott, uh, oh, Steve man. Levy were breaking it all down, and you were getting all R. your sports information Stuart from there. Scott, man, that yeah. that guy, oh, man, man. The, the Booyah, Booyah wouldn't yeah. exist if not for Stuart Scott. Like people oh, no, will say so that and not realize the impact of Booyah. Like Booyah I, used to be like a huge <laughs> saying because of Stuart Scott. <laughs> I used to have so many. I remember I went to Disney when I was, uh, I think I was in third grade. And like one of the things I won at the well, like at the ESPN zone at Disney was like a, a little basketball with all the Stuart Scott like sayings on it. And one of those was just a big booyah. The other one was a uh, 
that must be jam because jelly don't shake like that like he had a bunch of those fucking sayings and him and rich eisen were like the main two i remember him and rich eisen being on the, the main sports center i watched for like oh yeah oh yeah and uh, of course there's the really classic the classic Olbermann and Patrick uh, Sports Center from back in the day, back when, oh, yeah. back when people <laughs> yeah, yeah, could yeah. actually stand Keith Olbermann, and before he said some very, very stupid whatever fucking things on Twitter, fuck those whatever the tweets fuck. were yesterday. Oh my yeah. god! I, but that was insane. Once yeah. upon a time, once upon a time, Keith Olbermann and Dan Patrick were actually hilarious together on Sports Center. Again, this is yeah. Dan Patrick was actually like yeah. At one point in time, seemed pretty enjoyable. This was like a very, very long time ago. We're talking the mid to late nineties, right here. But yep, yep, yep. Yeah, they were like the superstar pairing back then. And yeah, Stuart Scott. So, do you remember? There's a an s. There's a weird SNL sketch. I think Ray Romano was the host. Where I'm listening. Tim Meadows plays uh, Stuart Scott, (laughs) and Ray Romano is like the new guy on Sports Center, and he's trying out his own. He's trying out his own catchphrase and like Tim Meadows just keep going, booyah, 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 like throughout like every, (laughs) and then Ray Romano's trying out his new one and it's a sweet, sassy, (laughs) molassy. No. It always gets me. And like, I I just think of sweet, sassy, molassy sometimes when I'm watching sports highlights because (laughs) that's, I love that sketch. I I recommend going back and checking that one out if you can, if it's on. Do you know why? you like that sketch so much steve why is that craig because everybody loves raymond there you go i, I nailed the big brad garrett line i know everybody's pretty pumped about it finally got to say it and oh, the, the king of queens coming through with his my eyes are getting weird but i still got time to make those ray romano jokes and uh i just want to tell the again, listeners one of my favorite things that craig did for a few years was while we were doing like inter blog fantasy hockey and fantasy football <laughs> Craig for a while just had a streak of naming his teams after Kevin James projects. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, uh, well, we had a couple in BSH and then like the, my problem with the BSH hockey was just like, I always, I was, I don't, I haven't been doing fantasy sports for a while, but I'm one of those assholes that like, I feel like if I don't do the draft, I don't, I don't feel like it's my actual fantasy team. So I just don't give a shit about it. And like if for a couple of years there, whenever I had fantasy drafts, like we we were doing the podcast the night or like the night before a season started, and that's the time you're supposed to do the fucking fantasy uh, fantasy draft. So I've just always mailed it in. But I had uh, King of Queens one year, and then I had uh, Kevin Can Wait. The yeah. thing was the was the other one. It was picture of him having your a picture. Grand. Your picture on yeah. my phone is Kevin James for that reason. <laughs> okay, good. It should keep. It you texted me before the show. It's Kevin James from Kevin Can Wait because that was your fantasy hockey team picture, and I just thought that was hilarious. So I just, I, like, I got, like, I could make it you interviewing Hartnell or something from that one. No, 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 no. But, fuck that. No, 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 no. Keep it. Every yeah. time, every time you like text or call me, it's fucking Kevin James that pops up. Good. The, the good. only thing That's that great. comes close to that in my phone for making me laugh is when my landlord calls me and it's <laughs> the picture is fucking Joe Pesci from the movie, the super. <laughs> <laughs> and I always forget I did it. And every time he calls me, I'm like, why is Joe Pesci on my screen? <laughs> By the way, uh, is that back to back weeks with Joe Pesci references on the show? We got to keep that rolling. We had a, we had a, uh, I'm, I'm oh in God, for a my Pesci cousin Yeah. Yeah, we, I think uh, we talked about somebody not. It was, it was the batch update last weekend. Yeah, somebody out, didn't. Somebody didn't know what that was. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, which again, if I was to pick a, a, a 
a show where someone didn't know. This is me going out and somebody not seeing a movie, by the way. That's how you know it's bad. If if I'm like, you need to see that movie, you've got a fucking issue. Like, you've got a problem. You've got to figure <laughs> it out. So that's, uh, but yeah, we'll keep the Joe Pesci references going. That's and, the uh, Pesci of the week. Next week, Casino. <laughs> Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Hello, I'm Neil Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. I was uh, I was gonna say, Steve. By the way, oh, we never got to the. We started talking about fucking Trey Wingo. So Trey Wingo was the. Let's reel it in here. This is, this is fucking serious hockey podcast. Trey Wingo was let go by ESPN, and also Chris Johnson, uh, who have been, who's a pretty good NHL writer and is pretty good at break. Well, I don't know how much news he's broken recently, but he's one of the more knowledgeable, skilled writers out there. Was let go by ESPN, so he'll probably land on his feet pretty soon. But I do want to say that that sucks, and that also just shows that it's uh, it's uh, pretty hard right right now out there for this uh, this field, and uh, it sucks that somebody like that is now without work at the moment. I don't know if he'll land on his feet anytime soon, but um, uh, I guess we're pulling for you, is what I'm saying. And I'm sure he wasn't the only one. He's the only name I saw. If I see more names... There were a ton of cuts. Uh, it's just, it sucks. Yeah, and... I didn't know if any of them were related to hockey or not. Because, I I mean, like, hockey, NHL, I mean, ESPN's hockey department isn't huge. It's mainly just Wish it, and uh, Emily Kaplan. Yeah, it's pretty much it. Both there. Who do great work for what they do, for the record. Oh, but yeah, no, absolutely. It's, yeah. it's just them. <laughs> the writing, like, and I don't know if I've ever made this point that is pointless on here before, but like I feel like the actual website for ESPN is pretty reliable when it comes to hockey coverage. Oh but yeah, like you just, but you're if not you watch, gonna see it on TV. If you watch SportsCenter, you'd have no idea, and fucking no idea. Part yeah. of that might be the fact that the NHL is exclusive with NBC, and NBC just does their thing. But yeah. I don't know. It also feels spiteful from the from espn but i mean espn as we've discussed before didn't even feature hockey when they had hockey on there like they would right, just exactly, shuffle it off yeah. to the corner and you know it'd be on espn 8 the ocho and it, it just was not nhl handled. tonight yeah yeah nhl tonight was great but then they even got rid of that a few years back and it just was yeah, nothing so like it just felt relegated to the corner essentially like it, it really was treated like a secondhand sport so for all of nbc's flaws at least they generally treat the nhl like a premier game on the network except when you know the fucking horses have to run around a track <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
I've seen so but many playoff then, games cut yeah. off for the Kentucky Derby now, and I for and not, not even for the actual race for six hours of pregame for the one minute horse race. It just yeah. drives me insane. Just the six hours of pregame learning of like where these horses went to high school and college and like what they majored in in college and like just a lot of background stuff on horses that, you know, quite frankly, I don't need to know everything about horses. Like, let's just do some. Is it fast? That's all. It's a pretty good question. If you're going to involve that horse in a horse race, I feel like that's the first question you're asking. Hey, can this thing run? I still want to know. uh... I still want to know what exactly, I think we should go and make a a documentary about this. Craig, what exactly goes into naming a horse? Because we, we we ranked the horse names on here previously and they're, they're just so weird. I I don't understand. They're also right up our alley. So like, I don't know. But but, do they pick the names out of a hat? Do they, are they purposeful? Like they're always just bizarre names. (laughs) They're always, I think they're made under the fact that you can't name a horse after another horse that's already been named in horse racing. And there are a kajillion fucking horses that have ever raced in the history of horse racing. So like people are just going for pretty soon. We're just going to be like doing like onomatopoeia stuff. So I don't know. I'm sure I assume there's already like a bunch of names out there like that. Like bam. And I don't know. Stuff like that. That was a horrible example. of. I'm hoping, I'm hoping maybe (laughs) like next year we see like a horse name, like obese turtle flailing on its back in the sun. Or, (laughs) My my highlight of the it's night just from the... Anderson Cooper right there, or maybe that maybe such a Morley player. dunks on pretty... Eskin. Maybe that's a great horse name. I was gonna say, and uh, I do want to say I'm going over the part of the Morley. outline where oh, I fucked thing. it up. I fucked it up. God damn it. I uh, we're crossing over the part of the outline where I wanted to mention Tony D'Angelo earning the D back in his name, so Tony D'Angelo for another week. But yeah, we're getting to the point where uh, Daryl Morey was named the uh, 76ers president of basketball operations. People uh, are very Stephen... excited about this in Sixers land. By okay. the way. Like, I this was is, say, uh... this is a huge, like huge hire for, for the Sixers. So it's, everybody seems very excited about it. So I'm okay, excited yeah. about was... it. <laughs> There's one of those things you have to tell me who to be excited about for the Sixers. And <laughs> Sixers Twitter is like over the moon and actually agrees on something. Then I'm over the moon and happy about I it. I was, I was going to say, my Sixers source texted me, a Sixers source thing, and it was just like, this is good stuff. Like, the day it happened, he was like, I'm a fan of this. So, apparently, everybody's on the same page, and it seems like the Sixers actually have somebody in their front office that knows what they're doing now. And from my perspective, a person who casually enjoys the Sixers and doesn't really know the ins and outs of it, I can tell you he's he's moving up the ranks in my books, and he might be moving towards my favorite 76er ever, because uh, apparently in his opening press conference... Uh, Howard Eskin, everybody's favorite, started a question by saying, Daryl, and I know you just got here, so you have to be nice. You have to say nice things about all your players. And then he proceeded to dunk on Simmons and Embiid. Uh, and then uh Moore responded to Eskin by saying, uh, do I have to do I have to say nice things about you? <laughs> pretty good slam, pretty good two-handed slam. And I want to say this is putting up there with like Dr. J uh, as one of my favorite sixes ever. Just based <laughs> off that alone. And I've only seen Dr. J highlights. So like him, Dr. J, and Moses Malone. Those three right there, probably. No yeah. AI? No no Allen Iverson in there? Oh, yeah, it's up there. Yeah, you know what I do love AI. Too. I mean, yeah, let's yeah, all take true. a TGI Friday AI, trip and, and AI, AI is actually, AI is probably the most beloved sixer ever, right? He's got to be. Yeah, I mean, he he was one of those classic Philly More athletes Dr. who had yeah. 
who had kind of mixed reviews at the time, like most of the fan base loved him, but like in the five years since it's like the anti Donovan McNabb where like since McNabb's left, it seems like even his defenders have come to kind of hate him a little bit. And since Iverson retired though, like everybody just loves him more and more. And he's, he's a Philly. I will say I never, I wonder how much, I don't know how this is going to make me sound. I didn't know the true story about that fucking practice speech until like, I don't know, a couple years ago. So like, I wonder how much of that played into people like thinking he didn't care or like, he wasn't like, not, not didn't care. Oh, that like, was a just, big part of it. And also just the, the fact that he dressed different, like he really brought oh, in. That, okay. Yeah, I know. It was, it was a big time. Like, you know, that was a, yeah. yeah, a lot of veiled racism. Let's just throw it there. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, oh yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I watched a pretty, a pretty decent, uh, documentary about him on Showtime with, uh, oh? just talking about just like the fact that, uh, the NBA instituted a lot of dress codes for traveling on the road because of Iverson and, and everything, just because they didn't like oh. the way he was dressing and all that shit. Like, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Iverson was, uh, you know, he, he was unique and Iverson was Philly, man. He's an absolute Philly legend for a reason. A, yeah. He's a pound for pound fighter. Like yeah. he's a small dude that made his way in a big league, uh, like a big guy sport. So like, it's kind of hard not to root for that guy. I just didn't, I mean, I was just saying, I, I don't know if it's because I wasn't in Philly at the time, too. And also, I was probably in fourth grade, fifth grade when he said that practice quote. So I wasn't, like, really digging for answers. <laughs> but, like, I was, yeah. So uh, when, whenever I think of Iverson. He's got to be out there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But whenever I think of Iverson, I think of my my one uncle. My dad got box seats to the Sixers. And him, my youngest sister, who's actually her birthday today happy birthday courtney but uh him my sister and his brother my uncle went to the sixers game in these box seats and you know it gets real quiet at basketball sometimes <laughs> occasionally you know there's some quiet moments oh yeah and my uncle just decides he needs to get alan iverson's attention he needs to get his and he screamed and my uncle was loud as shit he just starts screaming hey alan hey alan hey like <laughs> Oh Iverson like kind of just looked up, was like, "What the fuck?" Uh. Oh again, my god, that's great! It might it might run in the family because I went to a minor league baseball game back when Camden had a team, the River Sharks, played over at uh, Campbell's Field before it got torn down. And Ricky Henderson was actually playing for the opposing team, and we had dugout seats because it's the River Sharks. There's probably a thousand seats in that arena where we're standing, <laughs> and. Ricky Henderson was right in front of us, and you know he's a legend in baseball. Uh, stole a zillion bases. Oh yeah, yeah. And we're like, holy shit, that's really Ricky Henderson. And my dad said, "Hey, Ricky!" And he turned and looked at him. My dad took a picture real quick. <laughs> real ace photographer, my dad. Oh shit, that's that's amazing. Now, so what was your? Uh, I was gonna say, I think my closest, like, I think the my best one of those types of interactions was I went went to a game. And almost got a puck from Mark Recchi, but I didn't. And it was a game, I think it was 0304, and I went to a home game. And I think they had just put the nets up around the glass at the time. I don't remember. But where I was sitting with the glass for the pregame skate, it was like right where the glass starts to like kind of angle down to the lower level that you see going like towards the bench and like towards the penalty boxes and everything. And I like hit on the glass and I started like calling him. Uh, I was started calling out his name. I was like, Mark, Mark. And like he turned around, and he saw me and he picked up a puck and he tried to throw it over the glass and it like hit an angle of like the 
like that weird angle of the glass and then like shot out to the left and went like two rows behind me and about like six seats down and somebody <laughs> else caught it and i looked at him and he looked at me and just shrugged and then skated away and i was like what the fuck <laughs> and that was <laughs> I, you that never was, told I, me that one that's outstanding okay i didn't I know if that. i mentioned it on here before but like that was yeah that always just cracked me up because like i was like i watched it going up and i saw it hit off the glass and go away and i'm like oh fuck and i look back at him and be like hey man <laughs> And he was just like, he just shrugged and started skating back around. That's, so that's like, fucking fuck awesome. I, I love that. That's almost <laughs> that as good great. as your Ronaldo story. Oh my God, the Ronaldo story. Yeah. I, know, I mean, yeah, that one is, uh, yeah. That's I will, hyperbole I, legend right there. Yeah, that is a pretty good. He's, uh, yeah, he's still out there, by the way. I believe he's uh, going to be working for the Calgary Flames again this year. So uh, keep on keeping on, Zach. I thought he'd been out of this league years ago i thought he would have tapped out after the bruins but uh good for you it's honestly guess, a yeah. minor miracle that he's still he's still here he's still plugging he's along got, and... his big redeeming quality is he skates fast and he's uh dumb on the ice and uh I, I guess teams want that i mean a bunch of teams have gone for that since he's left philly so uh that's the, that's the nhl though so uh it's the nhl and... for you now I, I wanted to talk before we moved on i just wanted to briefly talk about eskin who clearly has a oh yeah you know, he's kind of notorious in the, the Philly radio scene, and I don't know how familiar every read, every listener is with Philly radio and WIP. I'm sure mm-hmm. a lot of you are, but Eskin, you know, he, he doesn't really deal with the Flyers very often, doesn't really talk about the Flyers. He loves to harp on the process for the Sixers. Uh, he's at every Eagles game on the sideline in his fur coat. You can't miss him. It, it's just like... <laughs> He's just annoying. He is annoying. But he really is. He, he did come in and talk to my class at Temple and was super nice to us. So I'll always give him credit for that. And I always heard he was nice to his interns when I was in college. So I will give him credit oh, for okay. that. But his media personality and how he carries himself in the media and with the athletes and coaches is is just he's notoriously a giant asshole with with yeah. everybody. The My favorite Howard Eskin thing and the first thing that really endeared uh, Charlie Manuel when he was the manager of the Phillies to the city of Philadelphia was when he, he tried to fight Eskin or threatened to fight Eskin. (laughs) Like that is one of the all time moments when, when Charlie, when Charlie Manuel, like just had enough with Eskin and was like, just ready to fight him. Oh, that was, (laughs) we, that was, man. I, I think I was interning at the competing radio station, which it wasn't much of a competition at that point, but, uh, and we just had a good laugh about that. Yeah, I could imagine that would have been something to say. I was going to say, also, isn't uh, Howard Eskin not on Twitter? Isn't that the big uh, running joke? Was he did not have a Twitter account? Or, like, he put that out that he's not on Twitter, and then, like, people were like, no, this is your Twitter account, and you're actually I, on Twitter. I forget, because he's been on Twitter for a long time. Kurt will tell us tomorrow. Yeah. He has some of the most notorious just typos out there that you've oh, ever seen. Oh, he's got seen. some horrendous ones. Yeah, some of in the fact, best typos Kurt, I've ever seen in my life. Kurt, when you listen to this, if you could retweet he's gonna go or on a tirade. <laughs> post some of the, the Eskin highlights, that would be mwah, chef's kiss of a move. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. Kurt's going to bring the noise tomorrow. So I'm excited to see how that's all going to all the hell out. And hopefully, oh my God, Steve, you ready? Hopefully he'll be responding in a friendly fashion. And Steven, while we're talking about friendly, um, it looks like the restaurant chain Friendlies is filing for bankruptcy. So uh, I just, do you got any friendly thoughts? Do you, do I, you are not, you are sorry, not sorry about that transition. No, right not there. at all. Yeah, that's that, 80 that stings was 80 of stings transition. worth. Oh! Yeah, that was a very painful transition. So I felt out all, every single one of those 80. But uh, yeah, you ever fuck with a fribble? I mean, I haven't, I, I'm never going to have a fribble again now, I guess. <laughs> with a <but>. fribble? <laughs> I, 
I went to Friendly's a shit ton growing up. Like I, I did too. Friendly's is old hat to me. Uh, I, I forget what what's the kids Sunday with the it's a clown, right? Oh, that the, part the I one was got just... so the the kids the main kids Sunday has the the cone that's a hat. I think it's supposed to be a clown. I always thought it was a wizard growing up, and I always thought of it as the wizard Sunday. I loved it because oh, it had that oh, okay. like chocolate dipped cone and it was it yeah, was great. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it has like the two like either Eminem or Reese's pieces uh, eyes on oh, it. Oh, I know what you're fucking okay. Yeah, I know what the fuck you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, yeah, I gotcha. I okay. ate yeah. so I many that. of those growing up. Like that was I Friendly's was a go to. <laughs> I, I was actually oh, yeah, really have, upset yeah. we had a Friendly's near my house in high school when I lived in Northeast Philly, and that closed and turned into a shitty diner at some point, but it was not a very good friendlies, mind you. I mean, one time I went in there with yeah. my dad and, and sisters and <laughs> we got our ice cream and it was actually pretty much melted by the time we got it. And my dad marched back to the kitchen and was just like, hey, <laughs> this is melted. <laughs> so it wasn't a particularly good friendlies, what a dad but move. it was a very much a dad. My dad is, you know, he's a dad. He is a, a Philadelphia dad right there. But it, That's pretty good, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But I, that friendlies was right by my house, like probably less than a mile from there. And I just remember my lazy ass would never get up to have breakfast with my mom and sisters <laughs> on the weekends uh, in college and high school because I was lazy and tired. And my mom would order the Grand Slam. And I'm pretty much, I'm pretty sure she did this strategically so she could bring me back food. She'd order the Grand Slam, eat like a quarter of it, bring the rest back for me. And I would just, you know, feast on that. And that's a pretty Whatever good the friendlies. Whatever the Friendly's equivalent of the Grand Slam is, because I'm pretty sure the Grand Slam is, that st- is strictly Denny's. Denny's, but Friendly's yeah, so had... we're going to worry about legal issues now, so thank uh, you. We're very we're worried about legal out. issues, especially when we spent the first 25 minutes of the show bad-mouthing the President <laughs> of the United States. <laughs> He's going to have to worry about other lawsuits, so we're good. I, we yeah, might just be fine. on the list. I mean, Philadelphia is where bad things happen, and this is a bad podcast. Yeah. <laughs> That's... It's we're just doubling down. We're making sure people know this is where bad stuff happens. Yeah. Whatever the, uh... whatever the Friendly's equivalent of the Grand Slam was, though my mom would eat like a quarter of it and bring the rest home for me. And then when I woke up at the crack of noon, I'd you know, stumble upstairs and I'd be like, Oh, cool breakfast. <laughs> That's a pretty good. Those are from pretty good friendlies memories, by the way. And uh, also sounds like a pretty good mom move. And I did want to say mom that was the I, best. there was uh, a friendliest across the street from where I grew up. Uh, after my mom and dad got divorced, my mom moves into the middle of Bel Air in Maryland. And uh, there was a friendliest right across the street. And we used to go there quite often. And they shut down that friendliest like three years ago so you know you as you can guess each time i go home i have the cathartic emotions of just going into that parking lot and reenacting like the final scene of like planet of the apes and not understanding what's happening and everything so that's been what i've been like (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) but yeah i mean friendliness was just uh when i think of friendliness i do think about like yeah that was a it was a bigger restaurant like way back when we were growing up but it's obviously well now it's obviously fucking hit a pretty hard time because it's going out of business. So, uh, yeah, just want to give a shout out to Friendlies. RIPD Friendlies. Uh, again, uh, I'll, I'll never forget the fribble. Uh, also, big fan of the chicken tenders and french oh, fries there. So, I, a very basic meal, but like, big fan. I used to eat the shit out of those chicken tenders when I worked oh, at all the time. I worked at Boscov's in the Nishamini Mall. And there was a friendlies. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There was yeah. a friendlies right next to that Boscov. So I would just go there and I actually knew the one girl who worked there from Temple, from Temple University. So I 
would go and just like talk to her for a while and get like food like, like three times oh, a week and spend baby, that's how you do it yeah. spend half my boskov's check because i didn't make shit at that job <laughs> in, the, in the young men's department oh all right you all, all ladies would come back and go are the dungarees back here <laughs> old irish lady in that place would, uh, you couldn't she, get would go, a... she would go oh the dungs are back there she called them the dungs <laughs> what a time what a time to be alive back when the mall was actually a thing like people went to yeah i, I don't i can't yeah even now i can't imagine what but you know actually you know what i have to get a new i have to get i have to upgrade my phone from an iphone 6 to something this century so like i uh, i might be going i got to figure i might go i might be going to the apple store i yeah i might be walking to the mall be like can you just give me a new phone and then walking out 20 minutes later and just looking at all the stores going on business so yeah so this one's uh... closed this one's closed this one's closed this one's closed <laughs> yeah i don't even know but like, hot every topic. other store you walk by yeah <laughs> hot topic and spencer's gifts will, will still be open absolutely even though you could just again all that shit could be sold online everything could be sold but online here's the thing. You, even folks you you there's only one place where you can smell dank incense <laughs> and that's oh, and, God. and look at a bunch that's of like true. adult toys and that's spencer gift that is yeah that is true what a and shitty also... shitty great store you know craig yeah. one of my favorite things to hit up besides the friendlies when i worked at the mall was the dollar store i'd go and i i'd get some candy and on the note of candy i believe we have a correction or oh, nice. an omission omission from a listener from last week's candy discussion for halloween and i think it's uh i think it's a fair omission and this comes from uh james from above 1979 uh shout out to the death from above 1979 reference there i see that uh he said i'm sad whatchamacallit was not called out on friday's podcast step up your game chumps Ooh. to which i want to say good point yeah i like whatchamacallit uh i'm ashamed we didn't bring it up and also steven since we are on we, we talked about on fly probably which is uh, an extension of BSH. Uh, I got, I tried whatchamacallit thanks to Kelly. Because uh, yeah. I remember like when I first joined BSH, I got bored in Slack one day before I went to lunch and I was like, I need, I, I want some kind of candy. And then Kelly went on a whatchamacallit tirade. And I was like, all right, well, I'll try whatchamacallit. And then I had like whatchamacallit once a day for like two weeks after that. Uh, <laughs> that was back during my uh, over 300 phase deep. Yeah. So that was, that was happening then. But it's a fucking great candy. Like I would, uh, we should have mentioned it last week. It's probably out there in one of my like top tens uh, name, and also just it actually is a pretty good fucking candy. So I also had a huge uh, omission, a huge omission on my part. Oh shit! Where I did not talk about one of my favorites, which is Twix. And as George Costanza would tell oh, you, Twix, yeah. Twix is the only candy with the cookie crunch. <laughs> and, it's, and people forget that, but it's true. <laughs> The only candy with the cookie crunch. <laughs> Look at Seinfeld. Twix! You know, we've gotten to the point in quarantine where uh, I might be coming up on my third rewatch of, re-watch of uh, Seinfeld. It might be Dale. I think I'm, uh, I think I'm due to go through it all again. Yeah, I just... Working uh, on my fourth rewatch of Leonard Kenny. May as well switch it up and go oh, back wow. to... I'm going to fucking watch more shows here. That's why I release my losing my mind. But, I did the yeah. Seinfeld <laughs> rewatch earlier in during the summer at some point and my god was it worth it i hadn't actually sat down <laughs> and fully rewatched it and i was just laughing my ass off in ways i didn't expect to like i was laughing way more than i anticipated i was oh, going yeah. to oh i know it's and now when i know go back and do it like i haven't been uh because usually like now the main way i've been watching seinfeld or not now but the last couple of years has just been uh you like turn on uh 
it's usually on like just random cable networks and that's how i've been watching it. i don't usually just go back and watch seinfeld streaming it but when i have like because i haven't watched any seinfeld episode probably in like four or five months now it's all gonna be it's all gonna be gold it's all gonna be gold there it's so gold, I'm, I'm looking for that yeah so um and speaking of gold uh i mean you want to get right into our gold you want to get right into this let's go into everybody's favorite get, uh, feature it's get, uh, the batch update yeah the batch update let's get in there and uh it looks like some stuff went down, but we're gonna we're gonna get into it right here. So we nearly uh, did this as the entire show. The entire show was almost. Just it the may have been, time. yeah. So, uh, but here we are, and uh, we're starting it off with uh, quote. We start off the ep with a rose ceremony. Uh, Yosef confronts Claire one on one about the previous strip dodgeball date. <laughs> oh God, that was a thing. Yeah, I forgot about that. He was very upset, saying it was tasteless and an embarrassment to his daughter. He then goes I mean, on that's... to say that every... You could say the entire there... show is tasteless and embarrassment yeah, to your I mean, daughter, he but... went it's... on The Bachelor, bro. He yeah. kind of threw those rights away immediately, yeah. He then goes on to say that every moment on The Bachelorette is a moment away from his daughter, to which Claire responds, I understand my mom is dying. What a fucking response. What? Joseph keeps going What? On. If I had a drink right now, I would have done a spit take at that one. <laughs> well, it's just an insane response. Uh, Yosef keeps going until he's escorted off the set by a couple of sharp-dressed men. Uh, so apparently, that's easy top reference right there, too, for top. just the batshit, batshit insane, like, start to this whole batch update. Uh, top so apparently, men took him away. Top men. <laughs> uh, the, uh, so, sharp-dressed men. Uh, but also Claire, apparently, so Claire's mom not doing great, thinking about Claire's mom, and that's the only person I actually care about on the show now is Claire's mom, because uh, it sounds like she's not doing that great. Also, I forgot, I completely forgot about the uh, strip dodgeball, which, now that I think what about a, it again, just what a fucking dumb hilarious idea. concept. Yeah, like, I've, are we going to have, like, strip fencing, or, like, strip UFC fighting, or, like, what's going on, what's going to happen next? There's just sports that you shouldn't be getting naked for. Every know? batch dragged off by a sharp-dressed <laughs> man. What, <laughs> if, what if instead of rose ceremonies... Okay, what about ZZ Top? Oh, my God, sorry. What if instead of rose ceremonies, we just had two mysterious men in suits just drag these contestants <laughs> off into... And they, and they don't know what's going on, they're screaming, it's just terrifying for everybody. I, that's did you yeah, put a, a bag over their head and just drink. absolutely terrifying yeah just and it was they were taken off by zz top that's why i would wish the whole time and by the way steve going back to our ccr and leonard skinner talk zz top acceptable are they liked by the people or what's the deal everybody literally just knows sharp dressed men and okay i was gonna beers. say that's all the uh, average person knows now, about zz top the fun fact about zz top and this isn't fun because it's in the, the year 2020 but there's three guys in that band two of them have those long ass beards the one guy that doesn't have the beard his last name it's beard oh, wow. so there you go that's a fun fact that nobody fucking cares about about zz top i'm so pretty sure i saw welcome. that on a pop-up video yeah it may have been on a snapple in somewhere so pop-up yeah anyway video. uh that's <laughs> uh continuing uh quote dale the front runner, who looks like the love child of Russell Wilson, the lead singer of Fine Young Cannibals and a Dolphin. Okay, I only know what two of those things look like, but that's a hell of a hybrid. Comes in, I don't know how also, I don't even, I can't even picture Russell Wilson looking like a dolphin. But anyway, comes in after the fact to conf- uh, comfort Claire. It's his fin. Telling her, <laughs> telling her that he's proud of her. Uh, Dale and a bunch of not Dales get some roses. <laughs> so What's he proud of her for putting aside her dying mom to come on The Bachelorette? Yeah, it seems like she's he, he's proud of her because she messed up her priorities, is what it seems like. But anyway, that's uh, 
I mean, good for Dale and good for Claire so far. I don't fucking know. Uh, quote, next is a group date, but Claire cancels the first part of the group date to talk to former bachelorette Deanna. Uh, I don't, I think Deanna may have been before our time, Steve. Uh, Claire gushes over Dale. They all smelling a pair, <laughs> smelling a pair of his pants, which she has for some reason. And all the while, you imagine Deanna going through a series of COVID testing to enter the batch bubble for this. So, yeah, Jesus. I don't know why Claire has a pair of Dale's pants. And also, Deanna probably had to do some nasal swabs in the nose and all that kind of stuff just to watch Claire smell Dale's pants. So, uh, again, ABC, this is this is this is what we're looking for, ABC. And I personally thank you. Uh, I, I'm not watching it, but you're making great content. Pants smelling is what we're here that. for. Yeah, this is this is what I want. Yeah, so, uh, quote, the group date cuts right to the nighttime portion, and you guessed it, Dale takes Claire away immediately, and they go back to Claire's room to smooch, smash, smush, and jam for like 45 minutes. The other dudes finally catch on to the fact that they've been gone for a while, and they're all like, WTF. One of them finally knocks on Claire's door, and Dale tries to exit quietly, also visibly trying to hide his boner from the camera. So, Ian, <laughs> thank you for mentioning boner in the update. And also, uh, yeah, so apparently it seems like uh, Dale and Claire are uh, about to wrap this all up, and that would explain uh, the hysteria surrounding the Bachelorette. From the outside, I'll tell you what, uh, it uh, knew something big was going on. Didn't think it was going to be any of this, but I'm shocked. I'm just floored by all this development. See, I'm sure you are, too. Also, this is shocking. I, I can't believe uh, I can't even. I'm That's, on the floor right man. now, just in a fetal position. Yeah. All I know about the show is windmill sex. That's that's all I remember. Oh, God. And bring it back. Yeah. I mean, that was Luke Pither and good old uh, Pilot Pete. And, oh, man, the good old days. Uh, quote, Zach and Claire go on a spa. One-on-one date. It gets awkward when Claire goes in for a kiss about 90% and Zach doesn't go in at all. Zach chases after her and Claire is not having it. It gets kind of weird, so we'll leave it at that. What? That sounds like something terrible. That sounds like like a uh, cop should have been called. Uh, Moving on. Quote, next is a second group date hosted by Margaret Cho. Is that... Margaret, the uh, Margaret where, show. That's is that okay? Yeah. Okay. All right. Where some of the dudes come up with a comedy routine. Oh no. So I guess it was. Uh, the twist is, the dudes from the other group date are in the audience, including the front runner Dolphin Dale. Dolphin Dale. <laughs> the there we go. We got our first good nickname of the there year. Dolphin, Dolphin Dale. Dale. <laughs> the dudes sling some zingers on Double D, but it doesn't matter. Uh, and then <laughs> Dolphin Dale. It's a shame that, like, we're just not going to see Dolphin Dale and Claire for now, because Dolphin Dale is a killer nickname, and I wish... Fuck, ABC just lets know what's going on with Dolphin Dale and I mean, Claire for now on. Unfortunately for Dolphin Dale, all I can think about right now is the King of the Hill episode, where Hank Hill gets humped by a dolphin. <laughs> that is not... It doesn't sound like fun. It doesn't sound great. No. Also, uh... Morning animals. Show, huh? Still getting work uh, pretty late in the game, so uh, good for her. I mean, that's, again, ABC spending their money the best way they can. Hey, uh, when you last... can get face-offs Margaret Cho in the building, you do it. <laughs> and then the last one. <laughs> face-off. <laughs> uh, last uh, part of the match update. Uh, quote, later in the group date, when Claire talks to the dudes one-on-one, she asks pretty much all of them about Dale. ABC ends the show with a hint of a new Bachelorette coming into play, seeing as Claire is pretty much only into Diamondback Dale. Multiple names for Dale as soon as being ushered off. Ian, great work. Also, I believe the new Bachelorette was on tonight because Tuesday all the election stuff was supposed to be done. 
So uh, we might be like people already. The people that watch the show out there already know what happened with the new episode, and uh, I'm now on the edge of my seat, and I'm going to be on the edge of my seat until next Thursday, where because you're not going to watch more. it. Because I'm not going to watch it, and I'm going to be preoccupied doing other things. Uh, and Steve, before we get to around the league, and thankfully this is still relevant right now. Uh, you want to you want to do a quick rank them? You want to rank the six states we're uh, waiting on here for the, the final vote tallies? Rank them. Uh, yeah, how I much we like them. We got a, we a okay. We got rank. Pennsylvania, Alaska, Nevada, Arizona, Georgia, North Carolina. These are the fucking states are still putting around and don't know how to count apparently, and we're all waiting on them. I think we're very biased towards PA, mainly because it has the city of Philadelphia, and I don't know if that works in a positive light or negative light. We've had to watch a lot of Hackstall coach games here and a lot of seasons of the Eagles, including this fucking clusterfuck or whatever they want to call it. I'm going to say this, though. Alaska, to me, is dead fucking last. Alaska, this is you're not in the limelight. Nobody fucking cares right now. It's the other. Honestly, North Carolina ain't up there either. With all apologies, with all apologies to mystery Alaska. You are definitely dead last. In this <laughs> and ranking. also, we probably have a listener or a couple in Alaska who are just going to be pissed at us now that we're talking Alaska. But like, in terms of also counting the votes, we know it's going to be red. So, so, and it's not. I had a I friend who moved to Alaska a couple years ago, and everybody's response when he said, "I'm moving to Alaska," was, "Are you insane? <laughs> why Alaska? Why? Just why? You know?" Why? And uh, again, it's just cold. Uh, Nate Thompson is from there. They got a lot working against them. And I, I think... Uh, Sunlight also is barely not... there. Yeah, real bad parts of the year where there's like... Yeah, yeah. I, I That apparently is the whole issue. And um, also not really connected to America. So Alaska, I think you're sixth. I think I'm doing uh, Arizona next. You think so? Yeah, I mean... Well, what does Arizona have to offer besides really ridiculously hot desert and dry air? Yeah. I mean, that is also kind of... I was gonna say that also is kind of dunking on the Grand Canyon. Like that's a really uh, that's a really yeah, simplistic way to Canyon. look at the Grand Canyon. It is majestic. It is majestic. <laughs> it but... is majestic, but however you just said, but also scorpions and melting trash cans. Oh yeah, wait, hold on, scorpions. Wait, what was the second part? Melting trash cans. Melting trash cans. It gets so hot there sometimes that people's trash cans melt. Okay, we'll put it five. I mean, scorpions was enough. I didn't need the whole things that aren't supposed to melt melting. So we'll we'll put we'll put. Arizona, yeah, we'll put Arizona. Uh, okay. <laughs> so then, is it North Carolina or Nevada or Georgia after that? I'm gonna put I'm gonna put North Carolina next because you know what, I'm not a vinegary barbecue sauce fan, and that's what North Carolina barbecue sauce is. I'll do that, uh, and I will say uh, it also has Duke there. I know they have North Carolina, Michael Jordan, and all that. All that's great, but it is also associated with Duke. I'm, I'm going to put it fourth. Yeah, we'll do it fourth. Um, now, to me, are we putting Pennsylvania one? I think we got to put Pennsylvania one. We do, I mean, we but like it's here. a reluctant one. Like Philly's really carrying the state yeah. there because, I mean. Yeah, because Pittsburgh is also here. Pittsburgh's also, also here, which I, I, will give, I will give Pittsburgh some credit for once. You know, they didn't come through as much as I, I would have liked to see them, but they came through a lot. Right. They came through a lot here. So it's, oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. You know, yeah. They had to get all their... Had to get all their votes out of a vat of coleslaw and French fries, but they they did it. <laughs> they, they did it, yeah. Uh, so then, I'm going to put George a second. Uh, okay, I know Vegas I agree is out with that there, and that's big. So many people would have Nevada, maybe even first here, because of the Vegas factor. Because people fucking love Vegas. I'm not a huge Vegas guy because I 
only moderately like gambling and most of the gambling I like doing is sports gambling, which I can now do in the, my home state of Pennsylvania. There you go. Yeah, I was going to say the appeal of Vegas. Like Vegas seems exciting, but also when you're broke, it's really not that appealing to you. You don't have money to spend. Like, so like, I, I don't have know. You like ever, Vegas is... Have you ever gone to a bachelor party when you're dead broke? Like it is, it, oh, it is yeah. just an That's... awful, awful experience for you because you're just sitting That's there like, oh, my late 20s, yeah. hoping, <laughs> right, exactly. Same, same. So like, you're just yeah, hoping it's... that your buddies who actually got decent jobs will buy you drinks and you're no, just yeah. kind of like no, leeching off people and you feel like a piece of garbage. I had a huge string of where I was financially strapped and I was like in people's wedding parties and also went to bachelor parties. It was, it was a good time. I mean, but again, that was also, you know, it's not, it's not what you're doing. It's who you're with Steve. So I, I have, it was a great time. All the memories were made and uh, yeah, whatever that bullshit is about. But anyway, I, I'm putting Georgia mainly because of Outcast. I'm putting them second mainly because Outcast, uh, big Outcast fan. Uh, uh, also a lot a great of, show. Lot of, Atlanta, yeah, Atlanta's a great show. Also, Ludacris, I guess I, I do, yeah, I've been listening to Ludacris again lately. I don't know why. Got a, got a wild, nice, you know, urge to throw on some. So, I'm going to put uh, a lot of the Southern. Southern Peach rap. Tea is great. Uh, yeah, Goody Mob. All, all the classics. Peach Tea is great. Uh, again, also tonight. Coca Cola. Depending on. Coca Cola is also big. Yeah. Th- the Thrashers. We still laugh about the Thrashers a lot. Falcons have been hilarious for years now. And also, the Falcons helped uh, the Eagles get a Super Bowl. Thanks to Julio Jones not coming out with the pass to fucking Jalen Mills, which yes, yes. is the part of the part of the Nick Foles nostalgia that I think a lot of people want to forget when they're pro, like Nick Foles being amazing and better than Carson Wentz, is the fact that 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 run could have ended in the first game if right. Julio Jones it came can extremely close, yeah. extremely close. Yeah. But but uh, whatever. You know, hey, no disrespect to BDM because he did uh, bring no. home the Super Bowl trophy. He beat Tom Brady. Which is, yeah. you know, very important yeah, to note that, that it was 41 to 33. Tom Brady lost. Known Trump supporter Tom Brady. Okay, last political comment for me there. but <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, he had the, you know, and Tom Brady still got to kiss his son, but he, he did the pressingly that night. He was upset when he did it. So. Still hasn't shaked Nick Foles' hands. Just won't do it. <laughs> Just won't do like, it. Like, what, what an asshole. Like, the fact that he didn't do it after the, uh... the Buccaneers-Bears game. Uh, a few weeks ago it was just so absurd oh yeah that's like, right i forgot what about that. a yeah, pissy little yeah. baby man god damn it he's a great nfl yeah. quarterback complete pissy baby man i will say i will give him that i really thought the the brady belichick experiment i thought belichick was going to start making brady look dumb but uh i mean tragic man not that great and yeah he seems to be doing just all right for a fucking 43 year old quarterback all right tragic so let's run through it again uh pennsylvania one number one uh and then we got georgia up of georgia nevada north carolina arizona alaska so alaska get your shit together man i mean honestly just call it too like what are we doing i, I feel like that's got to be going red and we're all it always, it, every time come on honestly i don't know the last time i mean like and i can't remember uh, i don't know the last time it went blue but i mean like uh, and maybe maybe that's why it's taking forever is because Maybe they're like, oh, shit, this might be blue. But, I mean, come on now. Like, uh, Alaska, North Carolina, get out of here. We're waiting on the other four states. Honestly, is what it's coming down to. And uh, speaking of that, there's no segue, so I'm just going to go right into around the league. The league, Stephen. And uh, starting off with some Mitchell Miller news. Uh, the young man we talked about last week. I don't know if I really call him a man. Uh, Mitchell Miller has been removed from the University of North Dakota, uh, North Dakota's hockey team, Tragic. as you expected to start there. 
whenever the collegiate season got underway. I also saw rumors that he had, had signed over in the KHL, but I couldn't see any confirmation of that on <laughs> Elite Prospects that was or quick. anywhere else. I mean, you want to talk about a league that does not give going. a shit about any of your, your past crimes? Oh, it's yeah. No, I think he... Oh, my God. Yeah, he's... Kid. Like, don't feel bad I think he him. might go and go in there. Yeah. Like, again, those were all... I didn't see any... I don't know if he had interest in going. I'm not... I don't know why I'm trying to defend him in any angle, but I don't know if it was him showing interest over there or somebody was just saying that KHL showing interest. I don't know. But got a feeling, based off of his history and how things have been going for him, uh, he might be signing the KHL this winter or spring, so... And then now back to the players that signed the NHL. Uh, Ryan the, Pulak stays with... You know, non-racist <laughs> players, but uh, as far as... Well, uh, yeah, so not publicly uh, racist yet. Uh, Ryan Pulak stays with the Islanders for two years, $5 million a year. Anthony Mantha stays with the Red Wings for four years, $5.7 million a year. Vladislav Gavrikov, one of my favorite names out there from Great the name. show, uh, stays with the Blue Jackets for three more years, $2.8 million a year. Dustin Tokarski is switching to the Sabres. Well, he'll be there for two years, seven hundred twenty-five k a year. Julius Hanka staying with the Stars for one year, 700K. Dominic Cahoon stay, uh, is going to the Oilers for one year, 975K. Uh, Curtis Gabriel uh, is moving on to the San Jose Sharks for one year, 700K. The Stars are going to have to deal with offseason or uh, absences from Ben Bishop and Tyler Sagan, who both underwent offseason surgeries and who both apparently in the tweet from the Stars worded it that they didn't undergo successful surgeries, which is. A little weird, but apparently it sounds like everything's fine. But Bishop underwent a right knee surgery to repair a torn meniscus uh, and is expected to be out for five months. Sagan is also expected to be out for five months. He underwent a right hip arthroscopy and labral repair. So, uh, of course, if you're a doctor out there, enjoy those laughs. Uh, uh, Gustav Nyquist will be out five to six months for... Was that a Sega reference, by the way? It was, 100%. <laughs> okay, nice. You surprised I got a video game slash pop culture reference? No, no, right I'm, there? I'm not okay. surprised because I don't know. I'm just not infamous. for some reason. It, yeah, okay, yeah, okay. Only nine kids. About five to six months. <laughs> I've got a lot of ninety references on here. So this is five. Uh, Come on, five to six months. Two guys for, in their thirties. Uh, what else are we going to reference? Yeah, what else are they? There's no sports going on. We got to talk about our kids being kids again. So. uh Mike was out five to six months with the Blue Jackets after undergoing, undergoing shoulder surgery to repair a labral tear in his left shoulder. Uh, Panthers have named Paul Kropelka assistant GM and gave Tom Bark the uh, Dwight Schrute role of assistant to the GM. Kropelka had been named the VP of, or had been the VP of hockey operations with the Hurricanes the last two seasons. Bark had been with the Blue Jackets franchise since 2015-16 and was most recently the team's scouting coordinator. Um, Pittsburgh have uh, the Penguins have promoted uh, Patrick Alvin to assistant GM. Have been Peng the Penguins director of amateur scouting from 2017 to 2020, according to Seth Warball, who writes for Chip Sports and is one of the he's a really good, reliable writer out there in Pittsburgh. Uh, Alvin is the only European to hold an assistant GM position or equivalent with an NHL club, uh, and I also know that Yarmouk Pekalainen, and obviously uh, the Blue Jackets GM is the only European to hold a GM position. So across all GM and assistant GM positions, it looks like there are only two uh, Swedes getting work. So maybe all of them will eventually become the next Swedish GM for the Penguins. Hopefully, that's Flyers podcast. Hopefully, we're not seeing that until 2022 when Jim Weatherford finally, finally pulls a deal on the and of getting him off in trade. So we'll oh, wait please, for that. please. Uh, and then the Hockey Hall of Fame announces there will be no class of 2021 elected with everything going on 
with COVID. So there you go. That is around the league. Yeah. A uh, quick note. I wanted to just say on, on Curtis Gabriel. Now that's a guy who I don't agree with his Nolan Patrick killing policy, but he, everything else, he actually was pretty great for the, the phantoms and just for having a guy who was outspoken in a positive way. And uh, definitely, especially for, for gay rights, like the, the way he, he spoke out in favor of those uh, was just great, especially from a hockey perspective. Uh, most hockey players don't, they're too shy or too conservative or something to really speak out for issues like that. So to actually see somebody, uh, you know, have their say and say something yeah. positive for that was, was really inspirational. Yeah. Uh, he, he came out and he spoke a lot about the LGBTQ uh, community, the kind of defending the rights a lot, I believe earlier in the year. I forget, uh, I forget when he did it. I forget what the big push was, but I remember him being pretty outspoken about it. You're right. So like, again, maybe don't agree with his, uh, approach to how he addresses a possible hit on Nolan Patrick with, uh, Patrick's numbers out away from the boards. But I appreciate his approach in terms of just human rights and accepting people for who they are. Last in hockey, first in people, if that's a saying. (laughs) It is now. (laughs) Yeah, we'll go with it now. All right, folks. Well, we have said quite a bit. And uh, if this is on your cup of tea, sorry, not sorry, in the words of Cole Beasley. Uh, I can't believe I'm still quoting that infamously shitty rap album. But here we are in 2020. Here we are. Uh, Yeah. If you have any feedback for us, the best place is on twitter.com.org.edu.ca. You can reach Craig at Sports Are Bad. Yep, and of course, I did not get that article done. It was a little <laughs> bit a little bit of a stressful week, uh, and I'll talk about that in a second. But I am going to start rolling out those eventually. I will say we are going to start rolling out, and I believe Maddie put the first one out today. Um, going to start rolling out season reviews uh, for players, and I grabbed a couple. I have Niskanen, Connecting, and Lawton. Hoping to have all those done by next week, honestly. And then also I am picking up, um, I was going to start doing the prospect report for the next couple weeks because it's the off season. There aren't too many prospects playing and Jay's got a lot going on at home uh, with the, the baby on the way. So uh, I'm going to be doing that. And also I will eventually be doing the um, those player season reviews for the prospects too. So I'm going to start doing those as well. And I have a couple other ideas lined up, but I'm not going to keep saying them until I actually start doing them i do want to say for tonight though i did have an article idea to write about the best flyers player from the six days we are waiting on for votes so i'm going to see if i can put that together and then send that in um and then um i also wanted to take a second because i have <clears throat> yeah see when i told you i was going to talk about this for a second i have um for a while now i've needed to address uh whatever kind of i don't know what's what kind of demons I got going on or whatever the hell I'm going through emotionally or mentally for a while now, for a really long time now. And it has been a thing that had only been really affecting me and still isn't a great excuse to not address it or kind of work on it, work on it for yourself anyway. But it was a thing where I just kind of been going through the motions and eventually earlier this week got to a point where the anxiety and the, just being stressed out all the time was just too much. And it's honestly not even just the election. It's just a lot of stuff with how I have been living my life or whatever. And um, I took the steps this week to go out and I've set up uh, some therapy and also some kind of checking in with some psychiatry stuff and figuring out 
what exactly has been holding me back for a while now. And I figured since I have a platform and it's still pretty taboo to talk about those types of things, I thought I'd shed some light on it because I don't feel better now at this moment. I'm going through this right now because I want, I, I feel fine at the second, I guess, doing it, but I, and I still want people to hear this podcast right now, but if you got stuff that's de- you're dealing with and you can't wait any longer, you, you, you got to go out and you got to go out and address it. Cause I waited too long and this week has been brutal for me and I'm trying to figure out a way to not be as on edge or anxious or everything. And it's just, it's kind of hard. So don't let it get to this point, get out ahead of it a bit way ahead of time. And I assume I'm going to feel better eventually, but I don't know what it's going to be, but just go out and, and get help if you need it. There are plenty of sources and it's, you, you gotta be, you, you gotta take care of yourself or it's going to start hurting other people too. So that's where I'm at. And I just wanted to say that on top of all the other stuff. So there you go, Steve. All right, I, man. I mean, it's I a think lot it's... to lay on everybody too. I know that. Well, and coming out of left field, but yeah, it is. But I, I'm glad you're being honest about it. I'm glad you're talking about it. I think it's it's such an important thing to talk about. Such a a difficult thing to talk about, and a lot of people don't address it because they feel either embarrassed or ashamed or just not comfortable sharing that that kind of thing so i'm you know i'm proud of you for for mentioning it to everybody and for addressing it and it's it's hard man like not enough people address it not enough people are proactive about it try to do something and that's not to to shame those people or chide those people but i want to encourage those people i want those people to seek help when they're feeling down to seek assistance because there is no shame in that and everybody does need a pick me up. Everybody does need an ear to listen to them and uh, to help them out because these these issues are ones that I think are very taboo with people and they shouldn't be. They don't have to be. So if you need help, try and seek that that help that you need. Yeah. Try and and find the resources. There are resources out there for you, and there are people that want to help you. So that's hey man, you know I'm always here, but it's at the same time. You know, it, it it's much more helpful generally with a professional for these these kind of things. Yeah, and I mean, for me personally, I just don't. Uh, sometimes I just feel like I'm wearing down people, like people I that are close to me, like that I know are going through a lot too. I just don't want to weigh them down with my stuff. And again, it's all been stuff that I need to get out in front of for a while. Um, and I just know that. I mean, to be honest, it was something that probably was, I mean, it's a thing that goes on in my family and I just don't want it to be, I don't want to keep doing it to myself because I know it is hurting other, like it's eventually just going to cost other people. I don't know what it's going to call it, but like, I just don't want to, it's a whole thing, but yeah, just go try and work on it. I know it's a very stressful time for everybody and mainly because of this week and also just because 2020 has been a fucking year and i know there's probably a lot of people that need to figure out what's going on mentally and probably need to just address a lot of mental issues or not i don't know if that's the best way to like put it but like focusing on mental health and kind of going from there so i thought i would just announce like kind of share that this week and kind of get some awareness on that i don't know what i'm saying here but yeah i thought we should just you're fine man. For a you're second. fine don't yeah okay yeah. yeah you're you're doing great and again I'm, I'm glad you brought it up i'm glad that you mentioned it because again i think people 
don't externalize these issues enough externalize when they do seek help because i think it is a it's positive when you admit to having issues and tell people that you sought help because that will encourage people to to seek help themselves that's yeah and that's all that's all i'm trying to do because i know i'm i mean i can't i can't keep a brave face on with this stuff so and i know a lot of people are just able to go through the motions go through their daily interactions and everything's fine i know i'm not like that so i i know there are a lot of people out there that i probably even interact with and they are probably going through worse stuff than i am so i just want to there, there shouldn't be any weird stigma with it you just i mean life is life and shit happens and it's not all going to be rosy and cheery and you got to kind of work through it so yeah that's where i'm at and uh yeah but i mean the anxiety is real especially about seeking that kind of help and externalizing things and i mean given oh God, yeah. these insane times we're in right now we, between you know the election and how divided america is and how that makes people feel and covid and you've got <laughs> nobody wants covid oh yeah and you've got people that refuse to wear masks and that causes anxiety and people are stuck inside so and not actually interacting with their friends and family and that also drives these these feelings of despair and and people there are resources so please if you are feeling it please go out and seek uh assistance where you can yeah exactly and i mean i can't really i mean i i probably should have brought more sources like to kind of offer for hey man, I just it just yeah. just mentioning it is is a great thing and and definitely helpful to people and if you have any good sources uh, I would say share them on your Twitter account on uh, sports are bad. Oh yeah, no actually you know what I, I think I will I might go do that. I was going to make I was going to make a whole post tomorrow but yeah, I might just kind of see if I can find some links if I'm able to find some tomorrow. But uh yeah, I mean we don't I wasn't trying to make a huge blog about this. I was just kind of trying to go for, uh, you know, just the uh, awareness. And we got a platform we got to use for good sometimes, rather than just talking about like ZZ Top and uh, <laughs> Howard Eskin getting dunked on. So, hey, you know, there's uh, always time for Howard Eskin getting dunked on, but there is also that is true. always time for talking about uh, positive social and uh, mental health issues for sure. Craig, thanks. I will say, oh. uh, real quick, I was just going to say, I, I will say this podcast did help tonight. So that is, uh, yeah there you go that's what i wanted to say it's what the doctors <laughs> podcast call podcast yeah. therapy <laughs> it's helping well good i'm glad oh rpd doc yeah yeah we, we didn't even know if we were gonna get out here tonight and we ended up doing a full episode of flight so there you yeah, go Jesus, folks yeah. yeah i yet again a full episode of flight where it was oh, not yes, expected. Dude. that's okay that's <laughs> yes. okay it's okay folks Craig is a sports are bad. You can find me at Flyperbole or at Esteban. But for your hockey needs, make it Flyperbole because Esteban has been very political this week. But again, I don't give a shit. All right. Follow BSH <laughs> Radio. Follow Broad Street Hockey. Like Broad Street Hockey on Facebook. Be sure to rate and subscribe on all of your favorite podcast sources. That's all we got, folks. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, in the words of the great Gene Hart, good night and good hockey. Hello everybody, this is Fly Purbly. It is a podcast about hockey, mostly the Flyers, but also other hockey things. 
like other hockey teams that play the sport of hockey. Steve, but not Steve Hartnell and Craig, but not Craig Ruby. No, this isn't all those hockey guys. These are the guys who watch the hockey sport. Yeah! Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it. Then, in that moment, you don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done, and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of, like, afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts. Our house is a mess. Come on in. I'm Amber Wallen, internet comedian, plant queen, and host of your new favorite podcast, Fly on the Wild. Okay, that's pretty presumptuous to assume that this is going to be their favorite podcast, by the way. Like, come on, Amber. Anyway, that wasp that you just heard interrupt me is my husband. And co-host, Benjamin Wallen, also a comedian, and I host people at our home. I have a great wine collection in my cellar. Well, you it's mean not a cellar. the mini fridge. It's a mini fridge. It's a mini fridge. Yeah. New New episodes of Fly on the Wallen drop every Wednesday. Listen in as we discuss relationships, books, and keeping our sweet baby kid alive while we make laughs on the internet. Subscribe to Fly on the Wallen wherever you get your podcasts. It's 2023 and you're still looking for a baseball podcast? What's up, party people? Danny Vietti here from the Wake and Rake podcast. Yes, I know the name of our show freaking rocks. Join World Series champion Will Middlebrooks and I as we banter about the best of the best from Major League Baseball, including power rankings. One of the best players of all time. Headlines. Solidifies a dynasty. And special guests. Reese Hoskins. Stroh showed. Jose Trevino. Listen and or watch every episode of the Wake and Rake podcast, available on all your favorite listening platforms and the all-new Believe Sports channel.